0: Battling, banging bars, trying to fight for that inside Went
1: for a little pass from the inside and I got sideways and I got shuffled back I took the inside line and I cleaned him the f*** out This is the
2: Inside Line Podcast with your hosts Caleb Russell And
3: <laughs> G, Johnny Gallagher
2: It's the off-road show you didn't know you needed.
1: Thanks to our partners, carry Resources and Scott Goggles, defend your vision.
0: Welcome back to the Inside Line, round number nine. Where we're getting we there, man. Nine. We've stayed pretty consistent with this thing.
3: We we missed a little there in the middle, but, you know, it's preseason, man. Things get busy. Yeah, we
0: had a busy week.
3: We got a, little we got a few. Bit. We've
0: stayed. I mean, we haven't been super consistent on the day that we're doing this by any means.
3: I don't even know what today is. Is today Wednesday? Uh, I think it's Thursday. Is it? All right. No, it's Wednesday. But it's going to be Thursday when you're listening to this. Or Friday. It could be Friday. (laughs) Thursday, (laughs) Thursday, Friday. It could be next week. Who knows? Today
0: is Wednesday the 15th. March the 15th?
3: March the 15th
0: after the Georgia, the specialized Georgia. My dad's birthday was the 13th, and I completely forgot
3: about that. You are son of the year. You know that? I know. He's He's not really done anything for you, so. No, not at all. Not at all.
0: I'm sure... I mean, what what is there to look forward to after, after 50?
3: Oh, man, don't don't start with that. I'm 45, and I I got a lot left to look forward to.
0: Yeah, uh, true. I can't say that. I, I can't speak in that, that sort of nature. Yeah, you're I'm just a kid, man. You're 33. Like, yeah, I'm a kid. Kid, 33 years old. Missed my dad's birthday. Sorry, Dad. I know you're going to listen to it.
3: Yeah, it's pretty cool that he listens. He gets real mad when we don't drop him on time. <laughs> He's like, y'all quitting already? Yeah. Giving up. Giving up. Giving up. Thanks for a bunch of how. Hey, you know who's not a quitter? I don't know who. The guy we got in the studio with us tonight. Mm, who do we got? Well, not only does he not quit, he what, doesn't what are what are all of his nicknames here? We got Skittles. <laughs> Skittles. What was the other one? Beach Bum or something like that? Drumstick. 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 I don't know what that one was. Uh we are joined in studio tonight by Craig DeLong. Fresh off his first ever GNCC XC one and overall win, um, baby, baby D, baby DeLong—that's another nickname. Um, baby nuts—that's that, another one. Um, this is getting awful
0: personal here.
3: I mean, I'm just these are nicknames that I know for Craig over the years, and uh, regardless of what you call him, you now call him a GNCC winner. It's taken uh, a short year and three races in XC one to get it done. Uh, obviously, battling for the championship last year. Right down to the wire, and uh, towards the end of the season this year, coming back, putting it on the box at the uh, the previous round in Florida, backing that up with his first ever win. Craig, let's let's get right to it. GNCC winner, man. How does I, I asked you? I think it was Sunday. I asked you if it had sunk in, or Monday? Maybe uh, we're now Wednesday. Has it sunk in yet?
2: Um, maybe a little bit, but I mean, I have a race again this weekend, so it's not like I can really. Enjoy it. So I guess it's sunk in. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, I won that race, but it's like I can't
0: think about it too much. The tail of the revolving door. Yeah. There's always another race.
3: Exactly. We've talked about this before. Never ending. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Jason Waggett made the observation years ago that the guys who have the dream jobs, uh, you know, race dirt bikes for a living, live the dream, chase championships, chase wins, they don't actually get to enjoy it until it's over. And Craig, in your case, you're 26. Yeah. 26. So ideally, you would have quite a few years until it's over. So remember this day, remember this week, and then you get to enjoy it. Like, I don't know, maybe eight years from now or so.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, longer than our or short or longer than shorter. I guess that makes sense.
3: Maybe another 10 years, 36. You think you can go that long? No, nah, I don't think I want to go that long. <laughs> he's, he's,
0: he's not pulling the Johnny G, the, I quad, mean, the quad Johnny G.
3: Rodney Smith. 41, I believe. He raced GNCC until he was 41 or he, he um he won a championship. I don't know if it was forty. I
0: don't I think it was 41 or 42. And then 07. So he his last year was I get was it was was his last year 2006. I don't recall. I feel that. like he was done in 0, 0, 05. Because he won oh four. Yuha came over, oh five, oh six. I don't remember I know he was hurt um oh five or 06, one of those years. His last couple of years they kinda
3: Yeah, there was some injuries wasn't there. good, yeah.
0: Injuries, broken leg. But he did come back in 07 when they for the inaugural XC two class.
3: I forgot about that actually.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of people all bitched up about that.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, he qualified, so whatever. You race you race the class you qualify for. Well, I just kicked the table. We're it wasn't noise. the
0: vet class. This was the XC2 class.
3: Yeah. But I mean, he was on a lights <laughs> bike, right?
0: He was on a lights
3: bike. And it had been a couple of years since he won a championship. He was obviously, per the rules, he was eligible, right? Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't think there was any sort of rule established at that time, like saying past champions yeah, need to wait so long or whatever. Uh, I, th- I think, <clears throat> I don't know. I can't remember. I, I know there was a little bit of talk around it at first and he was really good in the class. Um, I can't remember if he actually won any races. He might have, but I know he was like super consistent, and the class was very inconsistent, inconsistent those first s- seven rounds or so. And he was like in the championship battle, maybe yep. in the, even in the points lead. But yep. he ended up not racing all the races just so you know he didn't come back and like win a lower division, yep, so to speak. So I feel that,
2: old, but old enough to be everyone's dad.
0: Yeah, he was
3: in that time. I know that feeling. What do you call me, Craig? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Papa Bear. <laughs> no, Dad. It, I, yeah. Anyway, hey, Pop. So, first win, first GNCC win, and you picked one heck of a race to do it. I mean, um, conditions were deplorable. It was bad. It just kept raining. Um, it looked
0: like a hell of a good time. Yeah. Oh, it, we're we're in a new location here. Yeah.
3: I don't know what that noise is, but.
0: That's the, uh, the heat kicking on here. Oh, all right. Let me take care of that. You talk to Craig.
3: All right. I'll talk to Craig. So Craig, obviously you picked a heck of a race to do it. Crazy conditions. Um, coming into the weekend, obviously the Aonia pass facility was logged at some point during the off season. So when, when we all pulled in, it definitely had a different look to it, different feel to it. And just talk us through like the weekend. What were you thinking, feeling coming in after Florida and, uh, how did the race go for you? Obviously once the, once the rains came.
2: Um, after Florida, I was obviously a good boost of confidence, leading some laps and hanging on for a podium. And, um, and that was a big boost in my morale and my confidence. So going in through the week, I was pretty much just make sure I rest up and, uh, my hands were all right. So I didn't have any like big blisters or nothing like that. So I knew Georgia was going to be good. Cause I, you know, I was, I've ridden there good there in the past and, uh, just a little bit of confidence goes a long way, and um whether it rained or not i mean i was I didn't expect it to be a as bad as it was, but um once I saw how mu- how bad it was raining, I was a little bit worried because I'm not the best uh or in the past, I should say I haven't rode mud conditions like that the best, so a little bit concerned, but
3: um. And once it started, it was, it all goes away. So let's talk about that. You led some laps in Florida. You got out front early. Um, you really were reset the pace, and you kind of rode away from those guys for a little bit. I mean, not a huge gap, but you know, you were out there by yourself. Ultimately, the uh, <clears throat> the next pack kind of ran you down, um, chewed you up, spit you out for a minute, and then ultimately coming back to three. Um, what did you What did you learn? What did you feel? You know, what what was was that on your mind at all coming into Georgia? Um, yeah, it was
2: a little bit just reflecting because, um, the only other time that I led was at the end of the race at the Bear Oak. So, um, complete opposite leading, setting the pace and Florida's tricky because it's the first hot race of the year. It's the roughest race all year. So it's, um, it's different. So it's like, I didn't know how fast to go. And I, you know, I didn't want to go too crazy and uh. Stella.
0: I'm sorry. This dog goes ape shit when we start a podcast. Yeah. It, it, it's dinner time. Yeah. And she hasn't been fed.
3: Caleb's, Caleb's German shepherd, Stella. She won't, she'll, out. she'll just lay around all day long. The minute she sees she the podcast fire up, she you hear the nails on the floor. She wants to be fed uh Kayla's probably gonna have to leave we're gonna do 15 minutes or so of this without him he's gonna have to go feed oh her and take gosh. her home because she otherwise she's just gonna pace around for the next
0: she's gonna wind up yanking all these wires out
3: <laughs> how about the one night when
0: we uh, called into Skylar house like we she's always like super mellow just lays on the couch doesn't really bother anything and she decided she wanted to play with her ball
3: yeah she doesn't like being ignored she's like most women like, she wants attention. She doesn't want attention when you want as, to give it to her. As
0: soon as you know, like, as soon as she sees, like, we get into something yeah. and start doing something, she wants to be involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not involved as in speaking. She just wants to fuck it up.
3: Wait. <laughs> beep, beep button, beep button. It's not up on the screen here. We're, we're past that. Yeah, past we're, that. We just don't beep things anymore. All right. So, not Craig, you, you led a couple laps in Florida. Um... I noticed when I was watching the live feed and commenting on the live feed in Florida and then again in Georgia, you've got this thing, man.
2: I don't want to hear about it. Oh,
3: well, we're going to talk about it. I know where it's going. Well, let's talk about it. We like to talk about things people don't like to talk about. Um, I like to hear that people know their bad habits. Yeah. They're aware. Did you, did
2: you know this before,
3: like it was brought to you recently? I used to do it when I was younger. and So Mark DeLong was not about it? Like he was. No, it's actually my brother. Oh, he was the one. Andrew was the one that would like beat on you about it. Well, my dad too, but as of late, like my
2: brother is the one who. So I did it. I did it bad at the Baroque, and my brother was actually texting my dad during the race to tell me to you know, not look back. So for
3: for anyone who didn't watch the live feed, go back watch. Um, you know, Craig's got a, he's got a massage scheduled for each day this week to he turned
0: into a hoot out.
3: Yeah. To focus on his neck muscles because he spent so much time spinning his head around 180 backwards. Um, I mean, ball busting aside, I get it, man. Like when you're leading, you want to know where those guys are, but, uh, you're, you're taking a lot of heat for it from the team, obviously from your brother, from your dad. Um, is this something we're going to be working on moving forward to, to limit the, do you even realize you're doing it?
2: I don't. I I just it's like a nervous habit. It's almost like a do
3: do you think you're like looking for the other guys like you wanna know where they're at or
2: so I watched the live feed and when those guys pit or did pit, I didn't know I had forty because, and you had talked about it on the live feed. The last time out, we, we went into the pits, we were all three together, so I was expecting to see them 10 seconds or 15 seconds behind me, but I never saw them. And I, the pit boards were pretty much non-existent. So, um,
3: yeah, my fault, I should have kept looking ahead. But Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to join on the, the train and make fun of you and crack on you about it, but at the same time, like in conditions like that, man, I get it. Like if you weren't getting pit boards and I'm not, I'm not outing your team here, obviously the conditions were bad, but if you didn't realize you had the kind of lead you did, um i mean it would be silly for you to be pushing still in those conditions if you had a minute and a half like you did like it, that gives you in my mind as a guy who's won exactly one race Caleb disagree with this that gives you the gives you a little bit of insurance to be able to take that extra second when you get to a, a section and you're not exactly sure which line is best like obviously you don't want to be lollygagging around and let those guys catch you but you know you're not in a must situation like with a minute and a half lead once you know that like you, it completely changes in my opinion it completely changes your mindset when you come to a section where there's multi-lines, people are stuck. Like, you don't have to just pick a line and pray. You can actually take two, three seconds and evaluate.
2: Yeah. Like, the... Gail was the one that told me that I had a a minute lead there going into the last lap. That was the first time I was told that I had a decent lead. So... I think, too. But I think that was good that I didn't know that until going into the last lap. Because that... Like, that... That lap, I hit my marks and I didn't make any big mistakes. And I feel like that's
3: Well, it helped you build that lead. Yeah. Because you exactly. didn't get a minute and a half lead in the pits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you gotta you know, you like you said, you, you left there with a twenty second lead, give or take. With it, they, yeah, they you, both had you ended up riding. So once
0: you got in the lead, I keep kicking this table. Once you got in the lead, you ended up you were able to like ride away from those guys. What well, seemed like the same pace. I, I'm sure it was mistakes on their part and bad lines and and uh Really what I noticed the most by watching the race was, um, the pack of guys that were behind you, like they're, they're flip-flopping positions a lot. And that really does hold you up a little bit here and there. And two, it seemed like they timed the, the lappers and their timing were a, a little bit worse. Yeah. Um,
3: well, well something happened. Like I you always, know.
0: you always catch the lappers like in the worst spots because that's where they go the slowest. And you're still going the same speed, same speed, Mm -hmm. but they just kind of hit them everywhere. I was, I would see those group, that group of guys and you in the same spot. Like, it was like, they were taking silly lines and having to jump out of ruts and stuff and getting nickeled and dimed by it.
3: Yeah. And, and I don't, it wasn't, if you watched the feed and if you saw the, the race, if you were standing there, it wasn't like they pitted, you got a big gap, they pitted, you got a sight on them and then you just had better pace. We're picking better lines weren't making the mistakes that they were making and like Caleb said you weren't having to to check up and and you know try to make passes and protect your lines like you could run the lines you wanted to run because because you were kind of in that same boat through the first three laps like you weren't leading continuously like you guys would shuffle it up I mean Stu led um, Jordan led a little bit Ricky led a little bit you led um, I think it was mainly you and Stu that did most of the leading
2: yeah Ben led for a little bit too also
3: yeah, Ben led just a little bit there as well. I forgot, but prior to the first pit stop, that was where they things kind of got shuffled up. Once those guys started doing the air filter swaps, um, you know, that kind of left essentially you, Stu, Ricky, um, Jordan was kind of in and out of there. Um, but yeah, it, it looked like after that second round of pits um, that those guys took there with two to go. Um, yeah, you were just all alone. It was it was interesting to watch because ball busting aside like you looking back at at some point it almost looked like you were like confused like you kind of wondered where everybody went i did i, did. I had no idea because you guys had been in a you know pretty heated when it's i say bad. heated battle it's it's a different kind of battle like you guys aren't it's not rev limiter popping. like it's kind of almost like a game of chess like you're you're trying to get through the spots clean and, and get ahead of the next guy it's battling at a lower intensity physically but a higher intensity mentally almost
2: yeah, it was a lot of back and forth up until that pit stop. So it was like, I was expecting them to, when we got into like the more technical spots to like run me back down or, you know, be able to see me and just, you know, cause it's easy to follow. Back. Yeah. Cause in conditions like that, it's like the first guys, I feel like doing all the work, you know, trying to find the, you know, the not deep spots and you know where you can go and where you can't.
0: I think too, with the, uh, I was I was gonna allude to this a little bit ago. <clears throat> I think Craig's head on a swivel like an owl, like a hoot owl, because I watched him do this in Florida when he was in the lead and he was pulling away from those guys. It's like especially I watched I watched the, a little bit of the, the Racer TV live footage and there's a couple sections where Craig looked back like, four times, like, in the... How about the,
2: same, one, where,
3: how about the one where he looked back? And it
2: was just the woods?
3: Yeah, it was like, he looked at nothing. <laughs> we were watching it, and we're like, that is a very strange place to try to look back. Like I think, you couldn't
0: have seen anything. I think for me, watching that habit, that's like staring self-doubt in the face. Like, the way you do it. I would, I would look back every now and then, but it was like, to gauge what I needed to do. Yeah. Like, yours almost looks like it's like, Is this really happening? Like, where are they? Why why aren't they there? Like, let's let's dig into this a little bit because I think we've
3: talked about this and, um,
0: and I can see why. I mean, he just won his first race. I get it.
3: Yep. Like, how do you, this is going to be a hard question for you to answer, I feel, because you have Caleb sitting right here and Caleb is, you know, trainer, mentor, is, you know, a part of your program. And obviously, you know, like, you're, um, you know, your team, the people around, you're probably going to listen to this and hear this. But let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to be as honest as you can. Do you honestly think you are the guy or you can be the guy right now? Or do you still feel like you still have more to learn to be the guy?
2: Mm, I feel like I still have more to learn. but
3: Do do you feel like you can be the guy?
2: Yeah, I do. And...
3: You want I, to be the guy.
2: Yeah, and I will say this. After Florida, going into the weekend, that was the first time that I can honestly say that I felt like I could win. Honestly, like, I was talking to Katie um, Sunday morning, and I was like, I said, this is the first time that I feel like I can honestly
3: win. And, uh, and what do you know? Seven days later, you won.
2: Yeah, so it's, but now it's like, I mean, I. It, I don't know why I'm like that, but
3: just, do you think you're a person that, um, kind of almost has to prove that you're capable of something before you yourself believe it where Caleb has mentioned before, like, all you gotta do is tell yourself you can do it. And then you go do it. Are you, are you think you're the person where you have to almost do it in spite of yourself and accidentally first to realize like, Hey, I can do this. Cause I mean, look at back on your career, you were never a standout guy. Like you were never the superstar in your class. You know, you won—I believe one amateur championship or two.
2: Nah. Well, I won the B class and moved up, did a year in A class and didn't do it. But then I was top amateur the next year and then yep. snowballed in XC2. But it's like, like you said, like I almost have to like it's like baby steps.
3: Like, yeah, because like you weren't a powerhouse as soon as you moved into XC2. Like you definitely. worked your way up through. And then it was kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, it's like you kind of got that win, the first win, and then things started to build from there. And soon after that, suddenly you're battling for wins week in and week out. You know, you end up getting your championship. Um, and then, you know, two years later move up to X E one. Um is this kind of a trend for you? Like you you gotta build the base. You're you're not a guy that just jumps up and starts throwing haymakers right away? Yeah,
2: I mean, I wish I could say I was a the guy that was a- you know, a contender right from the beginning, but it's just something that I've always kind of, I think it's just the way that I am, just not a slow starter, but something that, like, I have to accomplish or, you know, check little boxes off to where I am able to consistently do it. And I feel like I'm there now. I can consistently be up front. Like, I figured out how to start my bike quick. Like, I've been getting good starts and that's, in my opinion, half the battle right there.
0: So. I think uh, just from <clears throat> working with Craig in the last couple years here, like I can see a, a definite change. Not necessarily all mentality, but it's definitely a, Craig rides off of confidence, <clears throat> and a, there's a lot of guys out there that, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, everybody rides off of confidence um, in some sort of way. But it just takes Craig longer, uh, has has taken Craig longer to, to harness that, gather that confidence, actually know how to use it, and that he is one of the guys out there that is capable of winning. Like, I, I really like, last year I sat down and Craig and I had a long conversation. I was like, hey, what do you want to get out of racing? He's like, oh, maybe win some races and try to fight for a championship. I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. you know it was like what do you mean maybe win some races you know it's so it's like that sort of mentality is like maybe i don't know if i can do it it's like so you already like have the self doubt there like and that's
3: what i tell him like just go out there and win like just show yourself that you can I, I love when he says that by the way he's like all, in order to win all you gotta do is just go out there and win
2: that's what he told me on Friday.
3: I, I believe you. <laughs> he said dumb stuff like that to me before <laughs> like it's not dumb when when you it, have I, the tools and resources. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Like, but, but to someone who thinks the way that Craig does, or someone who thinks like it can come off as dumb. Yeah, yeah like, but, you know, I,
0: I I understand. I I, I don't, I think I I don't mean dumb. I, I there's meant, like, there's guys out there that I can't say, hey, go out and win. Yeah, you know, because
3: it's not. A and we've reality. talked about this before. You have to do the groundwork. Like you yeah. can't. You got to lay the foundation. You can't just take a guy who's a seventh place finisher because he's the seventh best rider. He's, but I think he's got the seventh best program. Makes,
0: I think I. What makes it easier for me to tell him that is because I see where he practices at on a daily basis, what he's doing. I know what he's capable of. He just doesn't believe he's capable yet. So now this day and age, like now that I have some rapport with Craig, it's like, all right, you're capable. You know, now it's –
3: what does that feel like to hear that from a guy who obviously has 67 of his own? You know, he's your, again, trainer, mentor, Mm -hmm. like coach, and it's not like obviously – you give everything to all the guys, but when he when he tell, looks at you specifically and says, "Hey, like you're right now today, you're one of the guys that capable of going out there and winning the race today," like does that give you a little bit of extra confidence?
2: Yeah, that was like a because I listened to the do, I listened to the podcast. One of the ones he said that pretty much exactly that, and that that did help, and that was kind of snowballed into Florida, and then also in the last weekend so it's like it's all adds up it all helps out so
0: at the end of the day it's just showing yourself you can do it
3: yeah now that like we talked about it we already meant like do you feel any different how does it feel has it sunk in yet you're like yeah no not really I haven't had a chance to celebrate like has the fact that you won a race sunk in yet like does that like does it even register or you're in your mind are you still like I don't want to say doubting that you can do it because Caleb's going to jump across the table and punch you in the mouth if you say that. But like, is do you think that you've processed that and like it somehow has maybe changed your mindset going into? Again, you have a national enduro this weekend in Texas, so that's what you're focused on right now. Like you're, you know, you want to battle for that championship. Um, Have you won a national enduro overall? No, I haven't. So what happens if Craig DeLong goes back to back? When the GNCC goes out there. Like, do we see Craig DeLong just light on fire, just like a bottle rocket, like just boom, 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 and just start clicking off win after win? What What do we think?
2: I can tell you what we're gonna do.
3: <laughs> we're not gonna talk about that on the podcast. I've got a. a I'd like to incentivize these guys, and uh, we've got a little side wager going. If uh, Craig and Ryder Lafferty go one-two, uh, we're going putt-putting. We're going to local local putt-putt course. That's and, what they call it now. And I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna pay for all the putt-putt that they can they can handle. So.
0: How many hole in ones we gonna get?
3: <laughs> so back to the back to the point here. For those of you listening at home, uh, if you're familiar with the putt putt course in Winston Salem, it's it's not one of the best putt putt courses, but you know it'll do the trick.
2: Let's just make it a more obvious, Johnny.
3: Putt putt, man. Yeah. You gonna bring your own club? <laughs> He's gonna sit in the corner. He's gonna bring the three iron. Oof. Uh, leave the driver in the back, buddy. It's too much, too much love.
2: <laughs> what was your question? I forgot.
3: My question was what, like, what happens if you win the, the national Enduro? Does that just like ratchet the cop confidence up one more level?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, last weekend I think was enough to, to solidify myself that I can, I can do it. I mean, I wish it was a little bit better condition. Ah, I knew it.
3: I, I friggin knew it. I was waiting for it. To say that if it was drier, yeah, I knew you were gonna say. I knew because there's always gonna be people that say, "Oh, well, it was a mud race?" You know, did this, you cover, say that did I? Well, mine was different. Twenty three years, you win one. I wasn't a guy that was on the cusp of winning every week. Like I was just the smartest guy that day, playing and so, well. Yeah, damn, damn straight, I earned that win. Like, but it wasn't like it was as easy for me to carry that confidence going to a dry race. Like you've been in the mix for wins and are on the podium pretty regularly at this point. So it's the mindset. I, I will say this, um, for me, uh, to, to relate to your situation, uh, one X factor, the very next race went to New York, just a little bit extra confidence and, um, started in the back, worked my way up. And I was, I believe either fifth or fourth and rapidly closing in on a podium, uh, two weeks later or three weeks, I think it was, cause there was a canceled race in there and had a fuel pump wire pop off. And changed nothing like i was still riding and training the same but it was just this mindset of like dude i beat these guys like i was smarter than them like i never necessarily felt i was faster than them because i wasn't but in that moment like i knew my fitness was as good as anybody's and it just yeah winning just ratcheted up and then the longer you go without winning you start to kind of lose that feeling so Yeah. yeah definitely i i think that uh the reason why I kind of reacted like that when you said, Oh, if the conditions were better, like again, I think your situation is completely different. You've proven your data shows you can be in the mix, like your rotting shows you can be in the mix for a win. Yes, you won a mud race, but I, I think your calm, cool, collected nature is what helped you win that. And I think you can apply that in a dry day as well. I agree. I
0: think <clears throat> I honestly I don't I don't do predictions for the race, but um I didn't expect Craig to win the race. I thought Jordan Being would win that muddy. I didn't. Um, I was hoping that all of, all of my guys' bikes would finish the race, which they did. Luckily, that was the thing I think a lot of people were worried yeah. about. Like the wet, I, th- I think
3: the water, it, it was, so it was, so water. It was
0: so bad that you you
3: really just needed to make, get your equipment to the finish line, and that was a win in itself, right there. Side um, note, real quick, I think I think we'll see a bunch of DNFs at uh the next yeah. couple yeah. races in yeah. the non xc1 x or yeah. for all you amateur right? guys
0: out there that yeah. your bike made it if you're not rebuilding the motor because it didn't blow up you should rebuild it anyways because yeah. it is going to blow up yeah
3: like any we, we saw this uh like we, if if you
0: when you went and washed your bike and you pulled that air filter off and if that air box is brown yep.
3: well it not may still be running yeah it not even brown but it's like not if it just has some mud and water through it that's so bad and guys will just run it. They'll be like, "Oh, it's cool. We change the oil." Yeah.
0: But back to it, I was, I expected Craig to do really good this weekend. Um, I I could kind of tell just some of the short conversations we had, the questions you were asking, like it, it was questions of um, sort of confidence in a in a sense. It was you asked all the right questions to. To assert like confidence in yourself, I feel like it wasn't asserting. It wasn't questioning doubt. So, if I felt like you weren't doubting yourself and you knew you were capable, but uh the win in those conditions after Saturday, I was like, yeah, I think you can be be on the podium and fight for the win today. I think it was if you would have got the whole shot, which you almost did, it anyways. But I did. Oh, you, know, you did get the whole shot. Mm-hmm. See, I,
3: I didn't see the. First little bit, I just seemed... I was standing there, yeah. It was good. The yeah. six miles, I was at the six-mile mark of the first lap, so... You were... It was funny because you got the whole shot, but like, you were super cautious, like, because you didn't know what was there for grip, like, with all the water and everything. Like, you were... A lot of the guys were, like, trying to lean their bike over and, you know, were losing the back end, trying to get the front under him, try, you know, it was trying to wash out on him, and you just kind of, like, kept it completely upright and just rode, like, and got the whole shot, so it Dude. worked out.
2: I didn't want to lead, like, honestly. I can admit that.
3: You said that in the post-race interview uh, on Racer TV. You were like, "Yeah, man, I got I got the start, and I really didn't want to re- lead, so I kept like trying to let guys around, and I let them around, and then not let them around." But because Caleb will get mad about that if you listen to the podcast. Well, it just depends. I mean,
2: well, I did lead depends. for probably about two miles worth, and like it was wet, and I'm like, man, I don't
0: want to. Yeah, you don't want to be the first one trusting those water holes. Exactly. Like you want to gauge somebody yeah. at least. Like I'm game for that. So, John, when I say, and I'm sure all these people out here listening to the podcast, maybe I just have that much more racecraft than everybody, but you don't want to let somebody buy on a dry race that can yard you. Like, you want to get up there and assert yourself and try to to hold people off as long as possible, but when it is five inches of water on the ground yeah. and you can't see the ruts. like you
3: know, We talked about that on the broadcast. There's nothing
0: too, wrong right? with letting the next dumbass buy that wants to yeah. lead and drown their
3: bike out and, i mean you know? per, and i'm not calling anyone a dumbass but perfect example here xc2 those guys are one through eight OA on lap one and not a single one of them end up finishing in the top five overall um it's just you can't send it that hard that early in the race and expect to maintain that pace without sucking water without burying your bike it just and it's not that's not putting those guys down they were riding great some of them were picking all the right lines but you're it's like playing russian roulette <laughs> And you just, every time you come to one of those sections that has 15 lines and you don't, you know, pause for a second and kind of take a look and just send it. I mean, you can only, you can only pull that trigger so many times before something fires. And, uh, we saw so many of those guys losing, uh, losing bikes, losing motors, um, and just burying it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you got to just take a step back and, and calculate a little bit more, which you did a great job of that for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I made sure that I, I didn't want to be pulling my bike out of a, of a hole.
0: Yeah. I, I, it's especially the first lap or two after the first lap and a half, you kind of have everything figured out like, okay, this was seemed really bad over this way. I don't want to, I want to steer clear of that. Um, this is falling apart at the end of this lap. So, you know, it's going to get worse. You, you're taking in all of this information. I feel like a lot of guys don't have that mentality or it's not a mentality. the, the know-how to actually correlate what is happening happening around them like in the race and then use that knowledge that they're seeing firsthand you know i feel like i was always really good at that i was really good at being able to read the people that i was racing with read the lines figure things out watch in mud races i was terrible at mud races because i had a shitty attitude when i was younger and i turned out to be one of the best riders in the mud after that so it wasn't because I was just really good in the mud. It was just because I learned that winning these races was all about checking your surroundings and being aware of what's going on all the time. Yeah. You know, there's a time and a place where you need to like go blank, but not in the mud race. So
3: shifting gears a little bit here. And I know Craig, uh, he may not want to. This is kind of between you and I, Caleb. A couple things we want
1: to talk about. Craig's a little bit different than most. Like,
3: racers, as they come, typically, are type A personalities. um, Aggressive, like, almost loud and boisterous. Not all, but... Bluetooth. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what you're saying. I would, I'm getting like. I'm sorry. Back back to your speech. I was
0: just trying to get you to hook your phone up to this so we can make a phone call here in a minute.
3: Um, Craig, you're not. It, it, we're gonna keep you out of this. You're here. You're listening. Craig isn't the typical racer. Like even knowing him when he was younger, like he doesn't have that attitude. He doesn't have the chip on his shoulder. He's not loud. And I'm not. I'm not making a generalization. There are definitely racers that are. Um you know, well-spoken and say all the right things. But down deep, most of them have some kind of like this, I've got something to prove. To me, and obviously you working with Craig, I've never seen that from him. It's like he does it because he wants to prove it to himself. And he, I think that's part of that whole racing his way into that position. Like, how is that for you to work with him? I know, has there ever been any frustrations? Now that he's sitting here and he gets to hear it. Has there ever been any frustrations with you, thinking like, hey, this guy just isn't like aggressive enough, isn't, isn't loud enough, doesn't speak up for himself enough.
0: Yeah. I think that kind of hits all of the above in certain ways and certain aspects, but you know, not, I understand that not everybody is the same. They don't think the same. They don't act the same. Uh, but I, I really don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not here trying to change the way these guys live their lives as a whole like
3: I'm trying to change how they live their lives as an athlete and what I'm getting Craig for anybody that knows him and those of you that don't he's just a very unassuming guy to talk to like he's just soft-spoken um fun-loving like super easygoing doesn't like stand out in a crowd Like, and and is happy that way. So the fact that you can go out on a racetrack and push yourself and take yourself to that dark place, like, there's a demon inside you, Craig. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is that something that you really, like, you look at these guys around you and most of them are type A personalities, like, flexing on each other all the time and you're kind of just, I don't know, just content to sit in the background. Like, is that an approach or is that just authentically who you are?
2: I'm just like an out, not an outspoken guy. I've always been kind of shy. And
3: actually, I think I think
0: for for the guys that are here and around here, I I think we only really have like one type A personality, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody else.
3: Mm, I disagree. Ben, I think is he's just he masks it well. Yeah. Like I think so. Like, like I think he. And to some degree, I think Ryder is. Ryder's just super quiet and doesn't say much. But Ryder like has that like edge to him, you know. Like he he looks like he's ready to fight. Like Craig yeah. looks like he's gonna go chase a butterfly, and then he <laughs> and then he goes out. I'm I'm not putting you down. You're my buddy, man. But like you literally look at, like you're gonna like have a balloon and walk around and ask everybody if they want cotton candy, and then all of a sudden you put your helmet on and you, you turn into a monster. Like it's it's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh just easy going, man. I'm just uh
3: just So that is authentically you is what I'm getting at.
2: Yeah, like I'm not the guy that's I mean Like you don't
3: you don't sit at home and stew about this. Like no, you no, just no. like
2: in my friend group, like if I'm in a group of friends, like obviously I'm not like you know, sitting in the corner and being all quiet and shy, but like in a big group or something like that, I'm yeah, I'm not very I'm not the one yelling or making a scene, right? I'm just the guy watching.
3: Well, right now, you're the guy making the scene. You won the race this weekend. So, all the talks about you, all the uh, all the hypes about you, and does it make you uncomfortable?
2: No, I like to, I mean, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I like to see the, like, the I like, you know, watch and see all the, you know, the, I guess the social media stuff, but, like, I'm not the guy that's, like, I gotta forget about that i got got more stuff to do. So,
3: All right. One more quick question about this. Your okay. brother had this thing. It was called a hate tank. You know where I'm going with this. So Andrew Long, Craig's brother, back in his XE2 days, on the old redhead husky, he would use anything. It was kind of in the early days of social media, yeah. um, but there was a lot of jaw jabbing between him and Jason Thomas. Um, there were some others, but it was mainly him and Jason Thomas. And things that Jason would say, he would, he would just say, Going in the hate tanks, going in the hate tank. He was driven by that like desire to prove people wrong. Does Craig DeLong have a hate tank? Uh
2: yeah, I think I do. It's just are
3: are you willing to share with us what I think fuel?
0: everybody has sort of that hate tank. It, I mean, some just kinda use it differently, I would say. I mean, I I know I I was sort of the same way in a sense as like I wouldn't say I like s- uh, I, I'm more or less like, man, the worst thing you can do is tell me that I can't do something. Yeah. We <laughs> learned things. And, and I was pretty, I was pretty quiet on social media for the most time until it got personal. So, but most of the time I'd be a smart ass back and like tell somebody something that they had no, I, they, they just can't respond to because I'll take complete ownership of whatever it is and shit all over them at the same time and they can't deny it so um but like when i want to go that direction it was like man that's the the worst thing you could do for me cuz i was just like all right it's motivation yeah motivation no screwing around this week laser focus like i would get so much more it it, it would help me focus more like on myself and like piss me off like i don't know
3: so I'm sitting here across the table from both of you guys, and you guys are like legit polar opposites. Yeah, like, for sure. You and Craig couldn't be more different, but yet you guys work pretty well together. Like, Craig, we'll start with you. How does that feel like, you know, when we talked about it a little bit earlier, but like having someone with that knowledge, having someone with that perspective, um, how is it for you? Like, is it is it hard for you to kind of try and put yourself in his shoes, or is that something that you're trying to do? Um, not necessarily in his shoes, but like see yourself from the perspective that he's seeing you from.
2: Yeah. I mean, I never looked at it that way. I mean, I guess with the accomplishments that he has, I mean, it's, he's pretty much seen everything, seen it all. So for him to be able to, to watch all of us here and be able to, I guess, nitpick or, you know, help, every single one of us in our own little ways, is like, it's helpful. And it's, it's definitely a big, I feel like an advantage that I feel like a lot of people feel like, I think want to have, but you know, they can't. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it's great to, to be able to, to bounce questions off of, or, or get his point of view and just have a different opinion and, and. And a different view on everything.
3: How did it make you feel when you got called out on the contents of your center council on Monday after the race? I felt embarrassed because I was—I meant to throw it away
2: because I was in my truck before we left. Tell dinner. tell
3: tell the listeners what what happened, Craig.
2: Um, after the race, I had Zaxby's, and uh, on on the drive home, like right? yeah, I ate Zaxby's, and I had um.
3: Uh, Gotten a little extra to go. Skittles. Extra, wait, so there was a Zaxby's yeah. meal and then an, an extra Zaxby's meal to go? So I got the three nibblers meal. <laughs> the three nibblers meal.
2: I'm going to say it. And then <laughs> I got tenders to go afterwards. I didn't eat the tenders. I was full after my nibblers meal. But I took the tenders just in case.
3: So you ate <clears throat> Zaxby's at the Zaxby's location yes. and then took yes. the, the yes. nibblers to go or the tenders to go. Yes. Okay. What else, Craig?
2: And then I go and get diesel like two hours later. And I walk inside and I get a Mountain Dew. And a A
0: pack of shitty Skittles. Yeah. Who eats the tropical Skittles? They were smoothies.
3: Skittles smoothies. I know because he tried to pass them off to me on Monday morning before you found them. (laughs) And I eat like three or four of them. And I was like, I don't want these things. And we put them back in his truck. And then, Craig, what else was there? I got a Snickers as well he didn't just live in his best he life. he didn't find it you know what though i mean dude you just want to race like if that made you happy but then you got called out in the group message on monday i did and how did that come about why was why did caleb find all that <laughs> because i didn't throw it away it was sitting in the center console and he me. he had to use your
2: truck he had to use my truck yes and
3: i said well i my response was well i've I feel stupid. I should have thrown that away. (laughs) And and that, (laughs) so the reason why I brought this up is to me, that is the defining difference between you two. Like, literally, Ben Kelly sitting there next to you, the text comes through to the group, and Ben looks right at you and says, Did you see Caleb's text? And you're like, Oh man, I meant to throw that away. And Ben looks at you and says, No, tell him, P1, baby, I do what I want. Like, I just want to race, take the Alabama Red Bull. The Skittles, the Snickers, and the Zaxby's, and shove them up your hoo-ha. I don't care, man. I won. Like that's what I wanted, and that's what win- winners get to do what they want. And your response back was, "I'm sorry, I meant to throw that away." <laughs> like you're apologizing for having some Skittles, Zaxby's, and a, and a Mountain Dew after winning a race. And we'll we'll let it. And I was I was
0: just I sent the I seen it. I was like, Jesus Christ, he would have all this shit.
3: right I now. found out Craig did give attitude back one time. He was telling us about this. You, about the pizza? Or did um, you not actually give it... No, he, he didn't. He probably he, didn't hear he, it.
0: Well, I heard remnants of it. But honestly, that conversation... So we had... Uh, me, Craig, Jacob. We had a, a very in-depth conversation of how to be the guy. Being the guy and what it entails. The very next day.
2: No, it was uh, that was... That day? It, it was, was the night before that I... ate. So we did the pedal, and then we had the talk.
0: I thought we uh, we had the talk, did the pedal. I just remember like being. Uh, it, it, I, I thought were, it was afterwards. Off. I was I was I yeah. was a little bit pissed off about it.
2: No, because it was, it was we <clears> pedaled. <throat> it was after the pedal. I
0: can't remember the correct order of events, but it was like Jesus Christ. I was like, we just had this conversation. It's like. shit shit just seemed like it was resonating and then it's like ah fuck it that's what it came off to as me
1: but but in a way
3: like the fact that he said the pizza was worth it like you gotta respect that because it was like you don't you don't have to but i do like he's he's saying like hey i think craig's gonna gonna step out we're gonna have craig's uh, got a Bryce and Neil in off, here, but Craig's going to drop off. But w- go ahead, Craig. You can, you, you do your business. You'll be back here in a little bit. Um, see, I actually respect, and that's what I was getting at like the attitude he gave you back when it was. He didn't give it back to me in person. I was oh, actually. See, I heard the story. I, I heard he fired back and, and it was like, all right, so you had pizza last night. You now have to pull the no. entire time. And he looked at you guys and said, the pizza was worth it to me like that would be- uh, he might have gave a little bit of attitude on the on the bike ride he was still
0: he was still fired up a little bit about it. <clears throat> Craig fired up is different than fired up most people get but the whole scenario went down the situation and the next day the two guys that had pizza after we had those conversations I was like you know what we were doing a four- hour bicycle pedal the next day you guys are pulling us around All day, and they they started dropping off there at the end, and I got in the front. There was like the final climb, the last like it should have been like a cool down at that at that point in time. I was like, I got in front, and I just went up the hill, (laughs) and it was I was frustrated because we just had that conversation. It's like when you have a conversation like that, and then it just seemed like total disregard. I was
3: shedding some light on this real quick. I was for those of you that are listening. At home, like you can't even wrap your head around how strict some nutritionist and trainee trainers' diets are. I'm not talking about you guys, um, like Alden Baker, for instance. Like there's there's stories. Yeah, these
0: guys, these guys would think they are in prison camp if yeah. we implemented that to, sort of regimen on them. To like, that we're, point, we're, Jacob and I are are very lenient because for the most part, they all do eat very well. Yeah. But, but the, guys the guys in off-road, the guys,
3: more more so than not, a lot of the guys will have their cheap meals now and again, or they'll have their little snacks hidden away. And uh, for those of you listening at home, um, I, firsthand or second hand, I guess, kind of looking from the outside in, like I've seen uh, Jacob Fetty, the resident trainer here, uh, raid the boys' campers down at Ranch Russell in Florida and look for contraband and found uh, Lucky Charms. We won't give out names, but... Uh, found Lucky Charms in someone's camper, a one-pound bag of sugar in someone's camper that they were dumping on their cereal. We got Lunchables, Coke bottles. La- Lunchables, Coke bottles. And then he would regularly go through the trash and see... Sun Well, the dogs would regularly go through the trash. No, he told me he, Jacob was oh. going through the trash. <laughs> like, not item by item, but he would open the bags <laughs> and look in it. And he would find, like, gas station pizza boxes and things like that. And everybody would always point the finger at, like... Anybody that was there that wasn't on the program, like somebody's wife, girlfriend, you know, one, well, of, the, one of the guys that just stopped in there. Oh, no, no, it was his. Like, Well, if you're going to take
0: I, – I don't think he was, went through the trash. I think it was the dogs because I remember we picked it up a few times. But the problem is, like, I don't know. where We can uh, – yeah, you, you lead the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink it all the time. You know, that's what it is. Like, they think they need this shit and they don't. And – we we're very lenient on that side of things because it is a touchy subject. But you know, they're still doing they're doing good. They're doing the work. They're putting in the time. I get it. I didn't but let's I, talk I, about I, that I for a mic, like, oh. Like you have I ate really good, but
3: I did have a you know, eat like shit every once in a while. Yeah. But I think it is let's let's clarify and, and I want your opinion. I'm gonna make a statement and you can fire back at me. I think it's different. For off-road than it is for motocross and supercross, and and the reason why I think why is the off-road guys are more endurance athletes. I'm not saying they can just eat garbage, but I believe there's a little bit more room to stray off occasionally within w- in moderation. Bullshit. Okay.
0: Never seen the Tour de
3: France. I'm not. That's not what we're talking about here. Well, you want to go to the big difference with Tour de France? What is it? The big difference Tour to de France is watts per kilogram, bro. Weight is everything in Tour de France. Also, oh,
0: they're not endurance athletes. Absolutely, they are. All right. Well, they race two weeks every day with two rest days. Yeah. They eat nuts and grapes and live off of that. They eat more than that. They they take they have their intake of calories is very high. Right. But it is whole food that is good. Sure. These guys are eating junk. That is the difference.
3: I'm not. I'm not justifying whoever had the fruity pebbles. What I'm saying is I'm, no, and, and this is why we're it.
0: We're not strict on certain foods that they eat, other than let's make sure it's what an endurance athlete would put in their body. You know, Zaxby's isn't one of them. Pizza isn't one of them on the regular. You sure, know, this is this is more of an a. a a habitual problem that we have. It's an understanding. And uh,
3: many, many years ago, the first person that I knew in off-road was actually an ATV guy who really paid close attention to his diet. Um, And he said for him, it wasn't... It was... Yes, of course, the, the diet was important. The nutrition was important. But for him, it was... He really liked a lot of bad foods. And he said for him, it was the mental hurdle of being able to convince himself to not eat those foods that he felt made him stronger on race, made himself stronger on race day to essentially push through the desire to eat those things and just not eat
0: them. Yeah. I mean, you can find confidence in anything if you want to find it, but it's some guys have no desire in finding out what something can do for them. You know, it's, we're all human. We we all think differently. Lots of things drive us differently. Um, this topic has gotten a little out of hand, and it's no, I don't things. think it has. I don't think it's gotten out of hand. Let's let's transition. It's got a little drug, drug on. I wanted to make a point. Um, about Craig and the whole incident, the situation where <clears throat> after it was said and done, it was like a couple days later. He came up and he was like, he's like, hey, man. I know what you mean. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. You know, it was, it was pretty simple and to the point and straightforward. And so I feel like the conversation did re- resonate in a sense. And he took it to heart. You know, he understood that I wasn't being a dick for no reason. It was for his own good. It wasn't me being a prick to be a prick. It was like, hey, we just had this conversation. You can be the guy if you do these few simple things and then he essentially at the time it was like in one ear out the other and he's like that was yeah was, Learn, learned a lesson learned a it. lesson yep you know it
3: well, wasn't it wasn't to give
0: him shit just be to give him shit
3: when when you talk about being the guy and when you talk about somebody who likely does pay very close attention to their nutrition and accountability for it uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to join somebody in here and, uh, they're going to, uh, get a little perspective, uh, so far in 2023, um, one guy that's kind of head, heads and tails above everybody else. Is this a quadist? It, it could be. Hello. Bryson. Hey, buddy. Hey, hey. Johnny G and, and Caleb Russell here, you're on the Inside Line podcast and, uh, we're transitioning into you talking about uh, somebody who is... We've just been on an a eight-minute-long tangent about um, uh, nutrition. Uh, uh, accountability for accountability. nutrition. So Accountability. Let, yeah. Let's start off with a zinger of a question you had not been asked after three straight wins. Did what, you eat Zach's? Piece? What did you eat on the way home from the Georgia GNCC? What, what was on the diet? <laughs> what did you eat?
1: Well... Actually we, we went to Outback. Uh Dad and I we went to Outback. I had a had a cheese fries as the appetizer. And then I had uh had her steak, loaded baked potato, rice, had some broccoli with that, and then I had whatever dad's rice he had left over too. And then was that and then I got rice? hungry so was like, I don't know, around midnight. I got a, got the jar of peanut butter out and uh, some honey and a banana, and some bread. And I made me a big old gigantic peanut butter, banana, honey sandwich. And yeah, then I made a huge breakfast the next morning too. So I, I cleaned the house. So
3: was there <laughs> any Mountain Dew, Skittles or a Snickers bar consumed?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I've never been a pop guy really, you know, eat like, I I like, I like coffee and water, Gatorade, but uh, I've never really been a Mountain Dew or Pop or guy. Like uh, I like Red Bull and, and Monsters and things like that. But well, we I had really your like
3: uh, we had your counterpart, um, former teammate, actually from the Coastal team. Uh, we had Craig DeLong on here with us. He had to step out, but uh, he may be back. And he said he might have some Bryson stories. He was trying to remember any that he might have, but. Uh, <laughs> He he got busted on Monday. There was a we talked about it so we won't beat it to beat it to death, but there was a bag of Skittles, a Snickers bar, and a uh, a Mountain Dew and leftover Zaxby's in the center console of his truck and Caleb went to use his truck on Monday and found it. So he, we 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 were curious what the uh, ATV winner consumed post race. So the cheese fries were kind of like your big cheat, I guess if you will,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Cheese fries has always been my favorite food. And, and honestly, you know, as far back as I can remember, like I usually, after the race, I eat whatever I want. It don't matter. Like I've always kind of been that way. You know, I've gotten a little bit better. I used to eat, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice creams and I get real deep, (laughs) you know, things like that. The best, uh, the best recovery food. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I used to, I used to pound some Ben and Jerry's, and you know, I had, you know, Mama Neil. She'd make it now and again, and some some tum- pumpkin pie. But I don't know. These days, I don't really get. I don't know. The older I get, the sugars and things like that, the Mountain Dews and the candies and the sweets. I, I just it ain't got nothing to do with nutrition. I just don't really care for them as much anymore.
0: You know what the? You know why that is? Is the the less you eat that shit um, the more your body rejects it when you do have it. So, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things I've found is like, like if if I used to love milk and cookies, I used to drink milk all the time. I don't, I'm not like completely dairy free by any means. I still eat cheese on a lot of, a lot of things. So, but if, if I were to like drink a glass of milk, my stomach would just be in shambles for a while. Like if I eat ice cream, like cake or anything like that like i feel like shit so it's like i don't really crave it at all anymore because it just makes me not feel good
1: yeah you know i was talking about to uh mcgill on the start line for the morning about that he said the exact same thing he's like you know i used to love that stuff and he said now i just don't want to feel like shit no more <laughs> and that's what it boils down to he as well well. was like you know, it, yeah, this stuff tastes good in the moment, but man, the next day, it just, you pay for it. Does
3: it, does it though? Like, does it really taste good in the moment? Or do you just think it does? Cause like, I know for me, um, granted Bryson, you, you've seen me, I am the, essentially the peak male fitness, you know, I mean, there's not, I think I'm less than 1% body fat. Um, but I used to really enjoy fast food and I don't believe that the quality of fast food has changed any at all, but like on the rare occasion that, I'm traveling or whatever now, like you take, to me, like I take like three bites of it and I'm like, this tastes like pure garbage and end up like just chucking it in a bag for the most part. Like I, I can't even eat it, but I think your taste buds change as you get older too. Uh-oh.
1: Uh-oh. We Did didn't... we lose Bryson?
3: Oh God. Oh no. Here we go. Gotta call him back. The Wi-Fi
0: call go, th- go south there. I don't know what happened. We got, we got good service. What do we got? AT&T or Verizon? AT&T. Oh, uh, well, can't be their problem.
3: No, AT&T's perfect.
0: We'll, we'll give him a call back here. Maybe it was his service. Could have been. He must have Verizon. We're is calling. It, is, it's not ringing. I mean, it says it's calling. Mm. Are we having technical difficulties? We might be having technical difficulties here. This is it. It's definitely not dialing.
3: All right, try again. I don't want you want me to tell you. Swipe off of it or something. This is a high quality operation we have going here. I don't understand why this isn't working. There it is. Hello? I don't know if that was you or us or what, but we dropped you. We talked a bunch of trash about you when you couldn't hear us. You will have to now listen to it <laughs> when, when, when you all get right. to listen to the show when it airs here in in a, in a day or so. But uh, all right, so we we already found out what Bryson got to to eat after her win number three. Let's back it up here. Do a little introduction, folks at home. Bryson Neal. Defending GNCC champion, coming fresh off his first GNCC championship in 2022. Starting off the season absolutely on fire. Three wins. Not only wins, but commanding Making it wins. Look easy. Yeah. Just out there running around. Bryson, if you listen to Racer TV, your new name is Mr. 85%. Mr. 85%. Oh, man.
1: I knew it was coming. I, I should have never said that. No no, to- no, 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 no.
3: Actually, I will transition to that, but I want to talk to you about something that Mikey Wayne said, you said in an interview, but Mr. 85%, you don't have to say a price and anybody with a set of eyes can see out there that, uh, you're just running completely controlled. You're, you're well within your abilities and you're able to click off these wins. How does it feel? Tell us a little bit about, yeah, man, like how did it feel to finally get that monkey off your back, get the championship and how have these first three races been for you?
1: Well, yeah, you know, it, it, was huge, you know, it's such a, a grind and a push just to try to even be in the conversation to win a championship, you know, and, uh, you know, our first year going late into the, to the season, you know, it was a lot, you know, it was a lot of new stuff. I've never been late into a championship game and, you know, there's the, the mind, you know, the physicality, everything, you know, trying to do all the work in the shop, trying to, trying to keep everything perfect. It's uh it's, it's so much to stay on top of and, uh, you know, it was a lot just to get to the championship and, uh, just to win it and, uh, you know, get that behind us. It, it's a huge, huge, like you said, it, it's, it's a huge load off you cause you're like, you can breathe for a minute. And, you know, we, we knew coming in this year, uh, we was going to join Phoenix racing Yamaha and, uh, we was going to do engines, uh, engine package change. And, uh, you know, uh, this off season, we had a great one. Uh, we, you know, we, we linked up with the guys, uh, down in, uh, now Salisbury, North Carolina, you know, Dan and Lonnie and Brandon at DASA. And um, you know, we went straight into engine testing and uh you know, we've we came out with a great package and um you know, joining Phoenix Race and Yamaha underneath the guidance of David Eller and uh it's it's been just a super smooth transit. I mean it's been awesome. They've uh, it feels like we've been working together for years. And um um, we're all such great friends, you know, getting to hang out with Grayson and Joel and, and all the guys on the dirt bike side in the shop down in Phoenix. You know, it was, it was really cool. Really get to hang out and see, see so many people from so many different disciplines and, you know, put it up and talk. And, and it's, 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 really cool. It's a great group of guys to be around and, and Joel, he is a bad dude on the MX track.
3: Yeah. I mean, right now you guys are both, uh, you know, we, we don't talk too much about ATV motocross on this, but you know, Joel Hetrick arguably um you know i wouldn't even say arguably clearly the last season this year you know the fastest atv motocross rider in the world um you know you guys both carrying the number 1 plate both for that phoenix uh phoenix atv team phoenix yamaha atv team um you guys are just a powerhouse right now every everything going your way and what, were, what was the, how did that all come to be? Um, you know, did you know coming towards the end of the season that you were going to be making the switch and, and riding for those guys next year? Or was that kind of like a post race or post championship thing that kind of came together?
1: I, I'd say it was more of a post championship thing that came together. You know, well, it, David, we we talked on the phone and we talked about it, you know, and obviously the thought of, you know, joining teams with them and, and uh, their track record with, with how many different disciplines they're doing, and, you know, with Supercross, Arena Cross, and Motocross, ATV Motocross. I mean, so many different things. And, uh, you know, it's it was awesome. And uh, to be packaged underneath the same tent with Joe Hedrick, you know, um, it. as just like for the ATV side of the industry, I thought that was just really cool, you know, to, to be teammates with Joe and uh, to have two number one plates underneath the same team and, you know, two, two different dis- disciplines. And I don't know if that's ever happened, you know, on the ATV side before, but, um, you know, Joe, he came out at uh, his first round at Daytona and he, he got the job done. He had a great race. He got the win. And, you know, I, I've been able to get, get some wins too. So, um uh, it's just clicked right along and it's been a great start for us.
0: Yeah. It's looked, uh, David over there with the Phoenix racing, uh, team. Um, we can't just say Honda team because they're uh, ATV Yamaha ATV
3: team. Yeah. Bike bike side is Honda.
0: David is a, is super enthusiast. Um, you know, very established businessman and he loves the sport. He's put together a team, awesome program for people or for racers, motocross, supercross off-road ATV motocross. It's really cool. It's really cool to see. He's got a mega shop down there and, uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. Very close to here, actually. Yeah, oh, forty five minutes forty five minutes south. But
3: heck, we could have just seen if you were coming down in the Phoenix Racing Shop, Bryce and could Yeah, you
0: could have stopped by and sat at our little uh three three person uh oh we could make
3: more fit here. Yeah, Come we could. But no,
0: David's a great guy. It's an awesome program. It's it's cool to see um him stepping it up and, and supporting, you know, all these guys the way he does. Um, you know, obviously he he doesn't have to. But he's put together one heck of a team and uh, doing a good job running it all. So, obviously, the the success on the ATV side with Joel and yourself, it's um, second to none right now. So, it's, uh, it's, it's been cool to watch. I know you're on top of your game. And, man, I don't want to say it too soon, but this is a, a scary season for everybody else. It could be uh,
3: 12 for 12.
1: I'm, I'm losing you guys it's, it's kind of cutting in and out on on my end
3: well uh we were we were just discussing just how dominant you've been uh through you know through these first three rounds of racing and the potentiality of caleb caleb brought up the dreaded he, he's going to go ahead and i don't want to say even say that, I, I, that's, he's going to talk about something that shouldn't be talked about this early in the season he said the potential we're, for 12
0: we're a quarter of the way through the 2023.
3: We are. That's scary season, to think. You know? yeah, we're, we're only
0: three rounds in, but that's a quarter of the way. 25 percent done. How,
3: how do you How do you feel when people start talking about that, Bryson?
1: Uh, that's not even on my radar, man. You know, like like only three races in. jeans you see, there's so much that can happen. I mean, look what happened Sunday to the Dirt Bikes of Georgia. I mean, an absolute downpour into rain. I mean, uh the, just to get to the start i mean the the water is up over some some people's truck tires It look like information raiders video. so i mean gncc there's so much that can go into it so much that can happen and that's not even on my radar guys so i i, I, I that's definitely cool to think about but uh gosh that's it's, that's a long year and uh to you know we're riding a bike from january all the way to the last week of october so many things can happen so many different races i don't know that's uh, that's popped up on my radar, to be honest.
0: Yeah, that's honestly uh, a perfect answer to the statement because it wasn't a question. It wasn't, I didn't ask, can you go 12 for 12? But that's still an ideal statement. You don't want to get too high on the hog. Not that I think you are. I think you're taking it race by race. You know you're capable of winning. You're going out there. You're putting yourself in position. And honestly, these guys are making your life pretty
3: easy. They're just (laughs) pulling over for you. Bryce, have you listened to the podcast at all?
1: I I did listen to the one uh, from Florida on the way home from Georgia. I oh, uh, did.
3: So the Florida one, <laughs> you you listened to, and, where, and I don't want you to take
0: it the wrong way, thinking we're uh, we're wanting to see the, the demise of, um, of of yourself here. But it's like, man, it's like these guys are just making your life a lot easier than they should.
3: Um. Just he's, he's probably not going to agree with you on this yeah. because like, no, he doesn't he, want anybody he, he else he to listen him. and be like, no, oh, yeah, those bitches are just moving right. out of my way. Yeah, you exactly. Know? No, but, but you understand where Caleb's coming from. Like I, I, although I disagree with him and, and you and Jared, specifically Jared McClure, who we're talking about, or Caleb was talking about, you guys are pretty good buddies. You guys have been on uh, a couple of PDV teams for Liberty over in France. there in the Pont de Vue race. Um, so you guys are buddies you know, and, and I kind of played devil's advocate and and argued the point. Well, you know, Jared might have been feeling pressure from behind from you. And ultimately, realistically, it worked in his favor because he let you by, latched onto you just for a little bit and was able to pull a gap on those other guys. Um, so that said, like, I could argue the point that it worked. Um, but yeah, Caleb's, it was even brought up again tonight, not specifically you guys, but just saying like, you never want to let somebody buy that has the ability to smash you, which is, you're not saying this. We are. Um. So far, you've smashed your competition in 2023. Like, it's been, you've started, you haven't had a whole shot yet. You haven't really been right up front. You've been, I think your best into the woods so far is four um, out of the first three rounds. You've been four, five, six-ish each of the first three rounds and have been leading. Um, well, Josh led lap one he this did. race, but that was the first time anybody's led a lap but you, correct? Or no, Jared? Jared led a lap in Florida? No. I no, um, did not. I watched him, no, let him by
1: after the five mile marker. Okay. So you had yeah, led every like lap Caleb up right. to this week. Caleb is right. You know, if you're a, I don't know, team manager, a trainer, uh, I don't know, anything. You know, obviously, if you're leading the race, you uh, ideally you don't want to pull over and and, and let anyone around because you're in the driver's seat. You know if the tights track like the, the like the racetrack we had this past weekend there really wasn't that much places at all to make passes and uh um,
0: yeah so just do your and thing it, out front it, and, and see what happens you know just just ride try to know. focus on yourself which is you know, i and i i do come across and i i make these statements and it i make it sound like easier said than done uh, a lot of times but i've been there but i know these guys they're not like you're not that much faster you just have the confidence
3: they don't think that they're in your league, I don't believe. Um you're probably not going to get him to agree to any of this because I'm, his competition's I'm, I'm gonna saying- last <laughs> yeah
0: I'm not asking him to agree to any of it, but but uh this for example this past weekend the track was pretty one line. Josh went out there, led, and he probably could have led another lap, but he did not let him by. He he got pumped up. He did a good job. He needs to get that experience to get up there.
3: It, it, to that, point. that was that was a wrong move by his yeah. part. To to that, that point, point, Bryson, like how did you feel lap one with the pace like did you feel like josh was setting a pretty good pace in the lead or were you kind of back there just buying your time
1: oh well um josh was rolling good you know the first slap route to start you know it, it was actually a little bit slicker than i thought it would be you know i was catching myself coming out of some of the corners really trying to hammer the throttle when i was like you know sliding out and, and i was like oh. i wasn't riding The track, like, I thought it would. I thought just from the eyesight, I was like, man, this is primo. It It looks super grippy, yeah. But but Josh was ripping good on the first lap. You know, we had a a good pace, and um, he actually, a couple places, two or three places, you know, he pulled some bike links on Hunter. You know, it was kind of like a yo-yo effect for all of us, you know, a little here, a little there. But, um... So down in the first lap, you know, I, I could tell that he was starting to get a little bit, you know, they call it riding tight. And um, whenever I got to the lead or whenever I got into second place, um, I was able to, you know, put together this few corners and kind of outside inside and uh, get up a long drive and, and make that pass. And uh, But uh, Josh was ripping good. You know, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. You know, he got a great start. He's out there leading laps and uh, he was rolling. And uh, like Jared let me by at Florida, you know. It's 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 situational, you know. With with ATVs, you know, there's always been that un, uncom or unspoken truth that you know, if a guy's in first and the guy's in second, and you know, the guy ahead gets gets away, you know, and the guy in third grows up on you and he's all over you. So that if it's the first lap, you know, it's easier to to let that guy by, follow him, see what he's doing. Maybe he'll pull you to the front. If it's the last lap, it's a whole different story. It's it's everyone, every man for himself. But, you know, I can't speak for, you know, what Jared, you know, why he did let me buy Florida. Maybe it was because, you know, it was early in the lap and, you know, I, I feel like he could feel me behind him, and maybe instead of, you know, me being all over him trying to look for a place to pass, maybe... You know, he wanted just to follow me and, and see see what I was doing and, uh, you know, put, put the tow rope on and, and it, it might make his race better because Florida, we always talk about it's like a marathon. You don't want to go too early, too quick, you know, because if you go out into the deep water, you sprint too fast and you're going to sink and you're not going to be able to make it the whole way. So maybe he was trying to pace himself and he didn't want to go too hard, too quick, too fast. Maybe he, you know, he didn't want to lead. I don't know, but you know, he did let me by, and um, it it did, you know, help me out for sure. You know, he's able to get out, and I think put you know thirty or so seconds by the end of the lap. But I think, I think he was able to get twenty plus seconds or something over the next group behind him. So it, it's it's situational for sure. But you know, like last year at Buckwheat, nobody gave me nothing. You know, when the season was fever pitch me and Walker is coming down to, you know, the final two races and it was, you know, sink or swim, you know, we had to beat each other, you know, Cole Hunter, Glotta, no one gave me nothing. I had to pass those guys twice. You know, I was in fifth place and I had to pass them on a very tough track to pass. Um, nobody gave me nothing, passed all at the way up to Walker, made my own mistake, then went back. Then I had to pass them all back through. So uh, I think it's, it kind of varies with different people, different races, what they're feeling, if they're pumped up, if they're tight, if they're feeling the flows. And, you know, they're going to tell me, you know, <laughs> this is too bad. You know, you hang back there and you're going to battle me. So uh, yeah. it's situational for sure.
0: Yeah, I it, it definitely is situational. <clears throat> and now that you bring that up, and uh, I, I just remember watching the last few races that you're kind of breaking them down and, and bringing that back up. That is wild to think of. You know, there was a pack of four or five of you at the buckwheat, and you were all together for the most part. And now, the entire race. Yep, the entire race. We get to twenty twenty three. You got a number one plate. You get behind somebody, they just pull over.
3: <laughs> you know, is that the key? It's, you got that number one plate. Everybody gets scared. They look no, back. No, but it. it's
0: weird. It's it's it. It was the end of the end of the season. You know. And and you guys, I, I I'm guessing it's the terrain and the yeah. fitness and and it's stuff that's catching the guys off guard and they're just they're not able to run your pace uh, the for the entirety of the event at these venues. Well, down south that, that was
3: a, that was an anomaly last year. Like it was most of the races, it was Bryson and Walker checked out.
0: Yeah, it was there, but there was still like even like the John Pitt and Hunter stayed in there for a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, there were, there was races where it was not just two guys, uh, leagues ahead of leagues ahead of everybody for the duration, you know, it was up until the, the last lap and a half or so, but you know, this yeah. year it's, it's been com- a completely different storyline. You know, it's been, you know, Bryson starting four or five and guys pulling over and he checks out. So it's, uh, it's awesome to see, you know, I, I know. You know, it's, it's boring as shit to watch. You know, the ATV guys were, it was a great race. Great racing last year It was always like I was running around bouncing, trying to get all all these other spots and it was fun to watch. And, uh, but I can appreciate too, when, you know, somebody makes it look easy because I know how fun that is when you're winning those races and it's theoretically somewhat easy, but it's not, um, you know, you, you've worked really hard, you've done the work, you have the confidence,
3: uh, you're looking good um about that like how walk us through a little bit your off season obviously you you get that number 1 plate presumably um you know celebrate that a little bit let it sink in you're a champion you're a GNCC champion something you've been chasing you know your dad a former ATV racer you come up through the youth ranks um you know you you've just realized your dream you're a champion now you know like okay 2022 is over time to get ready for 2023 you're doing your off season. You're, you're a little bit different than most. Um, you base your training up in Ohio throughout the winter. Um, I've heard rumors that you have a sand pit, top secret sand pit somewhere that you ride. Um, uh, but no, uh, no South trips at all. Just, just riding in Ohio all winter, right?
1: Yeah, pretty well. You know, I, I never make it South to Florida, but I did go down to North Carolina twice. You know, we did a photo shoot and I was able to rip with Grayson and Joel for one day on a little MX track. And then, I went down one other time, and I was able to spend, you know, laps one day, you know, testing some things, but uh, for the most part, you know, I am up north, and uh, I do have a sand pit, and uh, it is known, you know, throughout like, this local area right here, but um, it's got a lot of heat on it, you know, um, a couple years ago, it, it basically got taken away from us, you know, they dug, they dug huge ditches, I mean, people would bring in motorhomes, campers, trailers, staying the entire weekend, I mean is getting out of control and uh, they, they, they've threatened us and said, Hey, we know what you're doing and we're going to do something about it. They dug huge ditches driving into and out of it. So I was able to park at a friend's house and drive down the road, you know, still put up, go put in my time last year. And I was kind of like the only guy all last year riding there. And that was, it was nice. But this year, you know, a lot of people's came back and um, I I hope it, it don't get taken away because it's, it's such a crucial spot for me to be able to Stay up north and you know, I do all my own work, uh, you know, on, on my bike. So for me to be up north in my shop, be build, build my bike, stay on top of everything, order my parts and it it's 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 a lot better for me to to, to run it like this. Even though it's cold and you know, it's it's there's days it's thirty five, forty, you know, it it's okay. I put it on a jacket and I got some uh I don't know, there's like my dad said he ordered them off NTA uh from his tire business like twenty years ago. It's a. Uh, um uh snowmobile hand guards or something like that they're waterproof and wind resistant i put those things on and i'm good (laughs) so
0: i like um, it you know you know what i'm hearing johnny he's a tough mf'er. you know he just deals with it just deal with it you know all these guys we we got these places down here letting them go to the florida sunshine it's 80 they're sitting out on a damn beach and they're nice and comfy, and he's up there suffering in the snow.
3: Hold on a second. I don't know any of the guys that are down in Florida on either bikes or quads that are sitting on the beach. At least not the top guys that are trying to fight for wins. Caleb, Caleb's just trying to. He's just trying to cause a little controversy yeah, right now. A little bit. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> but no, that is. It's,
0: it's. 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 To each their Tough, tough as hell. Yeah. It, it is cool to see. It's old school mentality. That's what it's what it boils down to. It's like, hey, I've
3: got the resources, the tools to do it right here. So I might well, as well big, utilize big it. Big difference. Like you know, he's working on his own bikes, yep. he's ordering his own parts, he's doing his own thing. So kind of and and we know obviously you have a lot of support. You mentioned you've touted very highly your relationship this year with the feeding Shyamaha racing team, David Eller and the team there. So surely giving you tons of support. But when it comes right down to mm. it, you're the guy spinning the wrenches, assembling the bikes, you know, having to wash the practice bikes, having to, you know, prep everything to go race. And we know you know your dad, Chris Neal, C. Neal, has been a big, 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 big supporter, obviously, of your program from day one on the the little uh, 90cc mini machines. And um, you know you can, it's it's pretty cool, Bryson, just to see the uh, the beam, the smiling beam he has, you know, when you're out there leading and, and doing your thing. You know he's he's one proud papa for sure. You guys, uh, you've said it before. You guys are, you know, he you feel like he's your best friend, and uh, pretty cool relationship to see between you guys.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Johnny. It, it means a lot because, you know, uh, it, he is my best friend. You know, uh, as you when you're, you know, a kid, you know, a teenager, you know, you're like, I don't want to be around my dad. I don't want to be around my mom. You know, I, I'm just, I don't, you don't want to be around your parents. You know, you're you in that. Cool. You want to hang out
3: with your
1: place. friends. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, and now I'm at the point where I'm like, damn, you know, the stuff that I used to, you know, think that. <laughs> he don't know what he's talking about. He, he's starting to make a lot of sense. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a
3: second. How old yeah. are you, Bryson?
1: What's that? How old? How old <laughs> are you now? Twenty-seven.
3: Twenty-seven. You're figuring it out relatively. Well, I wouldn't say relatively early, but that's well, about the time. Twenty-seven. Yeah, late late twenties. 20s, twenties. 20s, that, that's when you kind of start realizing. For for you, shit get, gets real. You yeah. you have a different
0: perspective, yeah. and you uh, appreciate things that. I think it's, I, I don't know if it's um, time and age, or uh, I, I don't know what it is.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, man, it, you know, you, you... It's a whole different appreciation. How, how many times did you sit the in seat? the passenger seat on the way home, or driving on the way home for race, and dad's just like, you know, laying into you about something, and, and you're sitting there thinking like, man, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And then, or even with just life, it may not have even been race-related, and then you fast forward, in, and let me tell you something, Bryson. You you said you're 27. Um, about another, I don't know, five years, eight years. It's going to be start coming more frequent, more often that you'll be doing something and realize I'm doing something. My dad would have done. Um, I'm, I'm I'm thinking like my dad um, in a good way. You know, they 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 they're tough. They've got stuff figured out. But when you're a kid, like you just think all oh, old people are stupid and they don't understand. And then you start to realize that. You know way more. And the older you get, the dumber you realize you were when you were in your teens and twenties. Early twenties.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it was that thinking... oh, sorry. Oh no, you're good. I was I was just uh I, I don't know if I yes, you can be young, dumb, stupid, whatever, but I think it's just the simple fact that somebody of authority is telling you to do something yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. you don't wanna do. not want to we have all been there. So... I'm not saying there's anything yeah, yeah, abnormal yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's you have appreciation because you're like, yeah, this this shit is somewhat important. I do need to, you know, button button things up a little bit differently here. So it it is a very interesting perspective as as you age. Like the more appreciation and value you have uh, towards things that didn't really seem too long before that you cared about. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, I, I've i said it before, like, when I, I vividly remember my dad telling me this, and I've told kids this, like, borrowed this from them, like, you know, you're looking at them and you see the frustration on their face because of something they've done or, or a stupid decision they don't even know is going to come back to bite them, and you can see that, and you look at them, and, and my dad, I remember him saying, like, life's a test. I've got the answers. Like, I've got the answer key right here, but I'm not going to give it to you, because if I give it to you, you're not going to appreciate it. You're going to think that I'm an idiot. I don't know what I'm talking about. But the answers are right here. But if I give them to you, you're not going to read them because you're not going to believe me. But someday you look back and here's the answer key right here. And, you know, throughout life, I realized, like, my dad wasn't right about everything. Bryson, I'm sure you're going to find your – you have found your own way as a man. And you're going to find that there's things you disagree with your dad on. And that's good. That's healthy. But by and large, man, just think about how much time and energy you could have saved. Money you probably could have saved, you know girls that you maybe wouldn't have hung out with whatever it may be you know that that dad kind of warned you about and you're like oh he doesn't know nothing like like caleb said somebody of authority telling you something and you're basically going to do it just because they don't want you to yeah
1: that's the truth man you know that's that's why that's why i thank my dad for taking me racing because you know there was some years you know a few years ago that you know i wasn't quite taking racing as serious as what i could have and uh my dad was more or less at the point where he's like, "Hey, we've done this, and I'm out, man. It's it's I'm rolling on. I'm I'm working. This is this is what I'm doing. If you want to do this, go on." And uh there was there was a few months stretch where you know it was all on me, and uh, you know you get thrown to the wolves real quick, and you think back about the times you you know the shoulda woulda couldas and the things, and I'm just so thankful that I have a guy like him to help me, you know, guide me through all this and, and and have someone I can call up, ask a question and, and and have guidance because there's so many times over my career that he's made decisions and helped me out where I was fine. I was like where I'm at in this moment, you know, I'm, I'm happy with these shocks, this, this engine right here, this is great. And he, he just brings me in. He's like, Hey, we're going to go up here and uh, we're going to meet these guys. We're going to talk to them. And I'm like, why is like well, just trust me and we'll go through and we'll do it and then you know six months later he'll look at me and be like oh isn't this better you know he's been that guy for me to guide me my entire life to help me out and um i definitely wouldn't have made it here to the top step you know winning a championship without him you know he's taught me so many valuable lessons and you guys are right like I wish that I would have took more initiative earlier, you know, and kind of respected, but I think the same things across the board for all kids is that yeah. we all go through that phase, that little rebel phase, you know. You're, you're no different than anybody else.
3: else. Like, I think it's important yeah. to to recognize it and, and move forward from it. But um, the, only, the only thing I can tell you, and um, I, I won't get all emotional, but I, I was very thankful to have the opportunity before my dad passed away to tell him, you know, like, hey, man, you were right and literally had that conversation. And, and, uh, I remember his response. He, he just looked at me and said, right about what? And (laughs) our guard dog's a little upset with the situation here. Um, but he looked at me, and said, right about what? And I just looked at him and said, I can't say everything, but way more things than I ever realized. And, uh, you know, hopefully you have the opportunity and it sounds like the place where you're at with your dad now, like, you're able to. You guys have an understanding. He knows he's helped you out. He knows you appreciate it, and and that's a pretty cool place to be. In. And now you guys can just kind of hang out and and be buddies. Oh, did we
1: lose you? Oh, uh, you guys cut in and out only <laughs> there for a second. It's
0: all
3: good. We got it on our end. So. Yeah, yeah, we got the important part. Um, so how, coming into 2023. Do, oh, you there?
1: I think we're. Uh, I'm here. Okay. okay, good. I got. It. I'm at the house. I got full board Wi-Fi. I, I don't know what's going on. I think it's Johnny's phone.
0: Whatever, dude, I'm on
3: Wi-Fi. It is phone. What do you mean I need to I just updated it. You update need to throw it phone. out the window. Whatever, dude. You one. need to freaking learn how to run a mixer board or whatever this thing is. I haven't probably, touched it. Yeah, you were touching buttons, and it probably screwed it up. <laughs> He yeah. think he thinks he's a what's that? What do they call that? Uh, I don't think I'm shit. An, an engineer, an, an a sound engineer. I, and he I just know. Starts, I'm not. He starts hey. pushing buttons, and ne- next thing you know, people are telling us we blew out the speakers in their truck while they were driving down the road listening to the podcast. Yes. Oh, see, oh,
1: Now he's poker. done this? He's changing my voice. Come on, man, put,
3: put it back. On. All right, there we go. Yeah, he's he he thinks he's uh <laughs> he thinks he's like a real. Hey, look who's back! Porkchop's back, or what? what porkchop. Uh, Chocolate chip, Skittles boy. Uh, Craig DeLong's back in studio. He's actually chewing a Snickers bar right now as he walks in. Oh, what is it? Oh, sorry. It's a granola bar. I thought it was a Snickers bar and Caleb was going to have a stroke. I wasn't going to have a stroke. I mean, you might have if it was a Snickers bar. I would have said something if it was a (laughs) Snickers bar for sure. Oh, your mic's turned off. There, you're back. What's up, Bryson? What's
2: up, Craig? Oh, not much, man.
3: We got, we got two oh, two race winners
2: on.
0: We, we do. This is a first. Yeah, both this racers. is a, the inside line. First. Craig DeLong, P1, Georgia GNCC. Bryce O'Neill, first in the ATV XC1 class. Two overall winners. Not For, the same location. Former teammates. Former teammates. Coastal racing teammates.
3: Good old days. Bryson, we were kind of bagging on Craig earlier. You got any Craig DeLong stories from your, from your days on, on Coastal? Any, any, uh, anything, any dirt you want to share? Any, any funny little quips from Craig? You got anything?
1: <laughs> uh, man, we had a lot of good times. Uh, man, whenever we was down there at the Coastal Ranch and whenever I got to come up there to the shop, there was a couple of times we got plum wild. We had some fun and, uh. Craig,
3: Craig, Craig's just looking like he's wondering what you're about to say right now, and how much trouble he's going to be in.
2: No, I got an
3: idea. I got, I got an idea. <laughs> all right, well, we're not gonna, we're not gonna turn any screws and force anybody to. I like the figure of speech of Plum Wild. Plum Wild is Plum that? Wild. Is that a what, what? Where are you from exactly in Ohio, Bryson? I'm
1: um, basically where Kentucky and West Virginia, Ohio all touch, right at the bottom. So you're
0: part West so Virginia, serious, real, part Kentucky. Real real, real redneck. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I'm pretty pretty well the only like rider down here in my area who races. So it's like pretty well like on my own island down here from the southern High. I, I know Johnny up there in Northern High. you know, you e. Walker and Cole and Kenny Schick and there's so many people who's up there who races together. Uh I kind of envy that. I remember I came up there to yeah. uh Cole's, yeah, you came uh, up
3: with that Hillsville place. Whoa, 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 whoa. So this, is, this is this is the m- major misconception. Cole Richardson, if you listen, listening, that is not Cole Richardson's place, that is Kenny Schick's place, Hillsville. Uh, Cole takes credit it's for it. Hillsville
1: place.
3: Yep, yep, yep. Cole, no, I'm just joking. Cole, Cole always invites people back to so many people you meet, they're like, oh, yeah, Cole Richardson, he owns Hillsville. I'm like, nah, he lives near there, but. Jenny Schick owns Hillsville, so um, anybody that rides there, I know a lot of people from Pittsburgh travel there. But yeah, you came up, rode with us, and I remember you said I think Josh Merritt was there. Um, yeah, we got a we got a good group. Obviously, I'm retired now, so I don't have to ride anymore. But he's dirt bike, John. Ah, dirt bike, John. Yeah, that's gonna stick for sure.
2: We haven't seen it yet, though.
3: Yeah, uh, they they wanted to get me out there today, but Caleb, 300cc two stroke. Caleb uh, broke his finger. Track super technical, so I think I'm gonna stick the four wheels for this. I week. got stuck between my
0: boot my law my lever my clutch lever my handlebars and the ground today
3: right you used to do a little dirt bike riding no
1: um not not that much you know i I play with it here and there but nothing like walker or borge or chris pistol i mean those guys can rip on it but i just play fun
3: i seem to remember like you posting a picture though of that red chevy you had with the dirt bike in the back of it at some point weren't you doing a little bit of riding
1: yeah yeah I did do some riding, but you know I've always been a little tight with my money you know i i've never I've always wanted to have a dirt bike but I, I never broke down and bought one of my own on my own and now I'm like oh, dirt bike guys uh you know they lay it over a few times during the race and they have a good day i i, I don't think it's best for me to go out there and crash ten times in a lap and so, <laughs> try to ride a dirt bike so so I'm you're not gonna be away. spending
3: that uh those those race wins on on a dirt bike anytime soon. Um, oh, did we lose Johnny's? Johnny's phone's probably cutting out. I, I think he's no, there. you he, he I said so. You're not going to be spending any race win bonus money on a dirt bike anytime soon.
1: Uh, at this point, I don't. I don't think, and and, and Brookie would let me. So, <laughs>
0: well, if you know anybody I, I out def- there,
1: I definitely want one. Well, if you you're know any, wrong, I want one, but I don't want to get hurt either. At the same time, uh, that's probably
0: you, you can't afford. That. I know
1: my limit.
0: Yeah, if you know anybody out <laughs> there with a KTM 450 XC. ATV. I know a guy that wants to ride one.
3: Caleb's still trying to settle this uh, this top 30 GNCC bet. Have you heard about this, Bryson? Uh-uh. Oh, oh he doesn't know about you it. You don't know about this? No. Well, let's just say I,
0: I made uh, Mark Notman and Johnny G uh, eat their words a couple weeks ago. Maybe not eat their words so much, but I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but...
3: I'll tell you, I didn't expect you to. So, we'll give you a quick rundown. Uh, back when Caleb was still racing, um, he would take my quad in the backyard at his house, ride wheelies, and when he would come back, that's like, oh. basically it. He'd yeah. be like, "Yeah, he never took it in the woods, never went on a trail, just rode wheelies up and down the backyard." And he'd be like, "Oh, this thing's so easy to ride. Like, oh man, I I know I could get a top twenty on this thing." This is when he was still racing full time. Um, so, but it, but of course, it was a what do you say it was a, it was an empty promise at the time because obviously being con- contracted with KTM there was no way they were going to let him race a quad you know he was paid to win championships on a dirt bike so then when he retired at the end of 2020 um in 2021 um it was brought up and then again last year with some of the powers that be at KTM and I was under the impression that there was a an ATV available somewhere it has since been recanted that that was not said um but that said we know there's some KTMs out and about so Caleb this kind of came up when we started doing the podcast we started talking about two wheels versus four wheels. And Caleb is now, I wouldn't say he's adjusted because he says, Hey, look, I don't race full time anymore. So I'm not saying I could do top 20 in my first afternoon race, but I could do top 30. So the deal is one week to practice and prepare. Um, then he has to go out and try to finish top 30 overall in the afternoon race in a GNCC. Uh, so we gave kind of a training, and at, at a testing exercise the week after the Florida GNCC, or Tuesday after the Florida GNCC, Mark Knotman was in town. I uh, had my practice bike. Caleb had a, a quad. Uh, and then Barry Hawk actually hopped in on it. And to my dismay, uh, Caleb had the fastest overall time on a six-lap, two-and-a-half-minute loop. When you add the six laps together, Caleb beat Barry Hawk by one-half of one second on a quad. And Mark was, they were all really close, but Caleb won by half a second. Barry was second, and Mark was third.
1: Man. I tell you what, Barry is, st- like, even with the coastal days, when he get on a quad, he can still rip. Like, he can go years without touching one, and he just gets on naturally, just takes off and just goes. Like, it's nothing.
0: That's what happens when you just are kind of a natural-born talent. And it, I'm... I'm I mean Barry still rides, he's yeah. still bike fit. Like he still has the ability to to ride pretty a pretty good pace. Like yeah.
3: so I wasn't super shocked that he was that quick because I mean he still rides it, a dirt bike. As the as like the individual two. lap times, Barry set the fastest individual lap, but they decided before they got started that the deal was the winner was whoever had the fastest cumulative time over six laps. And they were not separated by much no, like we're we're all all within,
0: within like two, three yeah, seconds, two, three like.
3: seconds. Um, and, uh, but we're going to, we're going to re not redo, but we're going to kind of give him another testing session here. Come sometime between before the next GNCC, we got a loop here. Uh, we're going to see how he does on clay versus sand. And at some point, um, we may actually see Caleb Russell on a quad at a GNCC with an attempt at a top 30 overall. I'm, I'm still sticking to my statement. I don't think he's going to make top 30 in his first try, but I have no choice but to readjust and say he's going to be a lot closer than I originally thought he was going to be. There is more of a chance of it happening. It's not a 0% chance. It's like it's more likely than I thought based on his original performance.
1: Is it morning or afternoon? Afternoon. Okay. So And what class would you probably take off in? I'm oh, riding, I'm riding XE1,
3: baby. You don't even want to hear this. He's got a plan. His plan is xc one I, I wish it was this past weekend. He's, he's going like to practice whole nothing but hole shots. <laughs> he's just going to rip a whole shot and hold everybody up the whole entire race. Because he's like, I see you guys, man. It's super hard to pass. So his plan is just to get a whole shot and hold everybody it's gonna up. It's going to be the slowest I, I what, XE1 race you'll ever have if I start
0: up front.
1: <laughs> he starts in XE1 and he's in shape, uh, he could do it. I, he might be able to do it's it's probably going to go the distance is going to be the hardest thing is yeah that's the I problem I, that big old thing for two hours
0: yeah bryson i've ridden three times since november so the riding shape is not there i still train and do all this other stuff but nothing replaces the actual fitness you you gain and the the riding experience from actually dirt bikes atvs it doesn't matter it kind of translates the same as like the riding fitness so yeah.
3: I, I will weigh in on that. I, I have a week. I am more I am more recently retired than you are. But bike fit wise, like I raced obviously this weekend and I felt fine bike fit wise, but my hands, like I got yeah. blisters in a in a two hour rode, morning race. I rode six laps, twenty minutes, and I've got a scab yeah, on you, my you knees. You should see these guys, Bryson. They were they were all chewed up. All three of them, Barry, Mark, and Caleb had uh, had big sores on their knees from six laps on a two and a half minute track in the sand yeah. in Florida.
1: The, the knee pads on the quad, that, that is the hardest thing to, like, people think about their hands, but the knees is like, man, I spent years trying to find the right knee pads and not get, uh you know, the cherry blisters and all that. That's the hardest part.
3: And, and, I mean, obviously you're a Yamaha guy, I'm a Yamaha guy, but the Yamaha is definitely more aggressive on your knees because of the spars on the frames. Like like you said, you, when, and it, it, it It trips me out when you see people that don't wear knee pads and you know that they cannot possibly ride properly because you, in order to go, Bryson, as you know, like in order to go fast on a quad, which I'm sure it's the same on a bike for you guys, like you have to grip the bike with your knees and you do so much, you save yourself so much upper body energy by doing that. When I see people riding without knee pads, I'm like, I just look at them, I'm like, you don't know how to ride. Like, (laughs) obviously, because you couldn't possibly ride that bike without serious knee pads. Yeah. No, you I, can't I, i'm gonna find some sort of rubber tape wrap my knees with rubber <laughs>
1: tape
0: I, I i'm not sure about the knee braces like full knee braces because i'm scared to like smack the bottom of my thumbs off of them yeah i, like I can on only wear leg. them
3: on my right hand on my right leg i can't wear them on my left yeah because oh. i've worn them for so long on my right i'm used to it and yeah. i know how to get my fingers out bryson do you wear knee braces Oh, we lost him again. We're probably breaking up, but... Yeah, it's probably... He's back. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. Do you wear knee braces? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I wear kind of like the Alpine Star SX-1, and they got like a soft shell around the kneecap, and then around everywhere else is kind of like a hard shell. So it's like I got that cushion around the kneecap so I don't get blisters, but like Caleb said, if I wear braces, then I do. I hit my fingertips when I turn left or right, and I smash my thumbs and my fingers on the brace. That's why I don't run braces. Yeah,
0: that's my biggest worry. So I'm I'm really going to have to figure out, if this ever comes to fruition I, and I get the chance to do it, I'm going to have to figure out a way. Like Honestly, riding the dirt bike, I rode today. This is the third time since November that I've ridden. I In the last six months, I've been wearing just, Plain old knee pads, you know. I look like a. Oh, you didn't wear knee
3: braces today? No, I just.
0: uh I feel so much more connected and like, and I and I hate to give like, Rhino like credit. Oh but God, like, don't even get you started. You really do like feel. I feel better. <laughs> you know like, what we're talking the, about, like, Bryson?
3: Yeah. Oh, oh man. I I really
0: do feel much. Better are you gonna start like, drinking my, creek water my, and my feet like or peeling bark the, off trees the, with a pocket knife? Is, I wish over your. Sandwiches. I wish had gone to to knee pads like oh, years ago. Like I can't even i'm I'm done, I'm done, but no i'm gonna I'm gonna have to wear those knee pads with like and like figure out some sort of like rubber sort of wrap to wrap around like the insides of my knees and just to have some cushion because I mean they got chewed up in twenty minutes, yeah, i so I got an hour and forty left here, yeah, so I mean.
3: <laughs> I I don't want to see what they look like after an hour and yeah. forty. You're you're good. if you do hang on and, and you have the speed and you're able to do top thirty, you're gonna come across the finish line. There's gonna be blood running out of the oh, bottom
1: of your boots. Yeah. Like filled <laughs> up a little bit. So that's but, that's what would the, be top. the race. I don't know. On the rate art. Like would it be the farm high point or like Iron Man?
0: Honestly, at this point,
1: I don't know if I want to
0: do Iron Man because the uh Ironman Hill kind of sketches me out. I don't have a whole lot of experience on a quad climbing hills and shit. Even though there's only one hill there that's really gnarly, yeah. but it's still pretty gnarly.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. Really, I, I would want to. I, I feel like this past weekend would probably have been the best one to do.
3: No, nah, I mean I could see that, but the stumps. I think you could have got yourself in trouble. Like, I think I'm going to get
0: myself in trouble with trees. Well, yeah, but I mean the, those no, stumps used to the, be
3: trees at one point. Yeah, but the problem with the trees, you can see them with the stumps. You don't realize, it, yeah, you're, no, in your I, mind, no, I get it. Yeah, like, I know what you it's mean. It's so like, easy like to I hang in air. I can see
0: like catching, yep, uh, hanging air. When I did do the the laps a couple weeks ago, I was I caught a couple things and like the bars like jerked out of my hands. Like it just catches it different than what I'm expecting it to, and it
3: does have that. Exaggerate a move that i'm not used to catching yeah. you want to know what the worst thing about it was bryson he did all this with a sleeveless jersey he cut the damn sleeves off his jersey when he was putting <laughs> the heater laps in Nismash because boots yeah he had two different boots on he didn't even have boots he'd sent his boots home the week prior he wasn't planning on riding luckily we wear the same size boots so he comes over he puts on my practice boots and he didn't like something's poking me in my foot so i said "Well, take the race pair then i had two pairs of boots there i said take the race boots he puts one on. He goes, All right, I'm good. I said, Why well, aren't you going to put the other one on? I go, Nah, I'm good. So he had a black boot on the left side. Just the one. A high vis and white one on the right side. He cut the sleeves off his jersey. That's and my mountain bike jersey. I know what it is, but it's ridiculous. Like you looked like freaking Caleb Mack
0: out there. Well, I got sunburned. I'm peeling now, so I paid for it.
3: <laughs> he got sunburned while he was putting in the laps on the quad
1: that caleb's alter ego might come out here when he races uh the jeans he see on the quad he, he oh. might have a whole different name different personality everything
3: bob dunlap bob dunlap bob dunlap uh, <laughs> we've got it caleb caleb uh not caleb bob dunlap was a feature on the show in one of the earlier episodes where he called into a local dealership and uh he was looking for some go fast accessories for his kids 50 but uh he wasn't he wasn't exactly sure whether it was electric or gas and where to put the gas, and it was it was quite the experience. So uh, Bob Dunlap may make a uh, repeat. So,
0: uh, oh Bob Bob Dunlap.
3: <laughs> that was that was Bob, Bob, Dunlap. Bob Dunlap. He, Dunlap. He had some great uh great call-ins. There was a couple of practice calls and then the actual prank calls. So we'll see if he makes a comeback. But yeah, so that that's what the quad thing is all about. We Caleb and I have a little bit of banner back and forth here. If you listen to the show. I'm defending the quadists. Caleb's not a quadist hater. Uh, he has a lot of respect, obviously, but at the same time, uh, he wants to prove that he can go top 30 OA uh, from, you know, one week on the bike, which I, I kind of actually hadn't thought about this, but each time that you're riding now, that's like a little bit of, of prep. So like we're getting, I, I think it might need to be like five days total. Oh. Well, I mean, isn't that, it? you said one week, so you've done, one day. On a one week on a quad. This was I, I rode a dirt bike today. No, no, no. I'm not talking about today. I'm talking about does the day in Florida count as a day?
0: I mean it depends. Is it gonna be four months from now? Well, I don't know. I can when can you tell me? I mean, when's it gonna be? See see now Johnny's recanting. No, his, I'm not at all. He, I'm clarifying, I'm not recanting anything. Well, I mean, I would say one week from the time I get the quad that I'm gonna okay. actually be able to race—that's
3: acceptable. Yeah, I can agree to that. I was just clarifying.
0: And honestly, is this—is this the quad that I get? Is it even gonna make it a week? Well, I don't know. I mean, that—that that, that, to... that, that could be a problem. Uh, be a... You know, anybody that's got a KTM 450, actually, I think—I think the last time we discussed this, I was like two weeks because I need a week on it and a week to fix it. So,
3: <laughs> well, no, you can have you can
0: have
3: you can have a week in between. You just can't you yeah. can't ride or practice any that week.
1: Yeah. Anyway. I
3: tell
1: you what, Caleb, you might be better on the dirt because riding a quad on on, uh, the sand, it's a whole different feel. You got to hit the bumps, everything completely different. So you might be better on the clay. You never know.
0: We will see. I mean, Johnny's still got his wheelers here, so he might have to pull them out and do another test. But uh, then he's going to want to be knocking days away from me again. No,
3: I was just asking, man. Don't try to make me the villain here. I'm just clarifying. I, I take a lot of abuse around here, Bryce. And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know. Are we even friends at this point? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Are we just like bicker? I,
0: I think we're brothers.
3: Yeah, I think there's... The, I think definitely. we're
0: brothers and we just yell at each other. At
3: one point, I think we just need to go out in the yard and just settle this.
0: No, I'll beat the shit out of you.
3: <laughs> You're just a little guy. <laughs>
0: I would never fight you, Johnny. I'd
3: feel bad afterwards. Yeah, I would never fight you because then I have to explain to Chandler. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to kill him.
2: <laughs> I feel like Caleb would fight dirty.
3: Oh, he would definitely fight dirty. Like I would be thinking we're just like boxing respectfully. Next thing you know, I'd have like his fingers I, in my I, eyeballs.
0: I, I can't, I can't fight anybody because I'm. You're either gonna have to knock me out, or I just there's no there's no quit. Like there's no
3: quit. Like it's it's not over until you're either say you're done or you're so like if it, and i understand you're going to say this is never going to happen but hypothetically i get a good punch and i knock you on the on the ground
0: you'd have to knock calm me down, out calm down. I,
3: I, and i reach down to like let you back up like this is over you're no, like I, I wouldn't take your hand you're like kicking me in the nuts and coming back after i'm you. not gonna
0: like fight you i'm not gonna do it dirty but i'm gonna say no f that is it's definitely not done <laughs> so <laughs> Brett- it's, not, it's not done till you knock
3: me out Bryson, you a fighter. I you, 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 look, you got I, that. like.
0: I think, I think
3: Bryson. Bryson
0: looks, Bryson looks like
1: a
3: brawler. Bryson could brawl.
1: Yeah, right. I ain't never been a brawler. I've actually not been in too many fights on my own, so it's, I've always been smooth and easy. I always try to slide it in and be cool. Whoa, what are we talking uh, about? Not. He's trying to slide it in and be cool. That's what he
3: said. I, I, yeah. <laughs> You got to watch cuz these li- these guys like to take audio clips. I've
0: never been a fighter either. I mean, I think I've been in uh, maybe one or two fights like I haven't been I've been in zero fights since I was in junior high. Yeah, same. So, you know, it's not like I'm looking to pick a fight, but like if there
3: was a fight to happen like you're gonna I to wish everyone forward. could see the crazy <laughs> look in Caleb's eyes right now. Like he's got like <laughs> that crazy, like possessed pit bull look. He's like, if there's a fight, I'm ripping someone's legs off and beating them with him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's he's going to be like Dale and Brendan in the front yard. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Somebody's going to have to get 100%. out of the garden hose to end this thing, Bryson. One more thing we definitely <laughs> need to talk about here. You may not be a fighter, but one thing we know for sure is that when you get on one, and you 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 know you see the wind in sight or you decide it's time to go, you get locked in. If you watch racer TV, I can hear you start laughing. You didn't know about this. How did you not know about the locked in thing? Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How, how, are you just yeah. finding out about this whole locked in thing?
1: I'm just kidding. Just at the last race, going home i was watching the race live and i saw you do it he's like oh what, what was that oh he's locked in there it is <laughs> <laughs> and you text me you said you were just dying laughing uh i replayed that over and over i was like this is like this is what they're talking about And to be honest i had no idea i even did that until you guys pointed it out and that came from matt pierce and levi didn't it Yes. Yeah, it did.
3: Um, they, Matt Pierce started it. Um, it's been going on for at least two years. Um, going back to 2021. I don't know when the first time it happened was, but you, you typically do it. Like if you go back and watch racer TV, you do it on pro row. I'm not saying you may not do it other places as well, but obviously we see the camera shot on pro row. Like you come down, sometimes it's after you pull out of the pit. Sometimes it's just on a clean pass through pro row and you like, there's one arm lock-ins sometimes where you're like either grabbing a bottle or, um, you know, reaching for your roll offs. And with the other arm, you do this like exaggerated, like chicken wing. Pull- <laughs> Craig's laughing. Cause he knows exactly what we're talking about. I've seen it. So did you legitimately like not know that you did this up until now?
1: I swear. I never knew that I actually like did that, you know, like but thinking back, like watching that video and seeing me do it. I guess that the reason I guess I do it is that, Pro Row is like the only smooth spot in the track, and there's like nothing going on. It's like when I am, I, I when I I guess when I am feeling it, I'm trying to lay it down. Get no, somewhere. no, don't I'm say like, that. You're not trying, feeling I'm it. You're locked in. in. I'm I'm locked in. I'm trying to yes, bend the gears. He said it. He's locked me. in. <laughs> 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 but I swear, dude, I had
3: no idea I did that. I'm sorry, I cut you off. What What did you say that you think the, the like I, the reasoning behind it is?
1: I I said I swear I had no idea that I did that, but. I think the reason I did is because pro row's like so smooth. There's nothing going on. It's like I come around. It's like I'm just banging gears. It, like if, if you watch, like I bang, I'm shifting. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm pretty sure when that happens, I'm shifting. It's like my shift point.
3: So, but you're like hyping yourself up as you're shifting. Like it's an exaggerated <laughs> yeah. motion. Railing ruts, banging gears. Time, like, I love it. I'm on
1: the go.
3: It's, it's time to shit and get <laughs> shit and get. <laughs> you, you, is that would that be the definition of plum crazy or plum wild? What was it? Shit, that's that's
0: in the ballpark. Definitely. Uh, yeah.
3: It's it's it could be either one. Well, we know it's we universal. know when we put this up on Spotify that the uh, the tagline is going to be you know craig DeL- wild Craig DeLong. No, 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 no. Craig DeLong. You know, in studio. And Bryce and Neil locked in for this episode. Of uh, no, Not no, no! It's, it's going
0: gonna, it's gonna to be we're locked in with Craig, De, Bryce and Neil, and Craig Delong on a plum wild G, uh, general GNCC.
3: I, I Bryce, that's I, what
0: actually, it's be. I actually, I actually have that's I, the
3: headline. I have a I have a bone to pick with you, and you, I don't think you know where this is coming from. But we you got like, a bone to pick with me. I do. After the race, you were Mark Notman, my mechanic, uh, Hunter Hart's mechanic, Walker's mechanic. Josh Merritt's mechanic. mechanic. Uh, yeah, he works on a lot of people's stuff. You work on your own. You're, you're a man for sure. We're all babies, and we pay Mark to do it because we don't want to get our fingers dirty. But I said, Mark came over and he said, hey, man, good good job. Like, you know, great race. And you heard me yell from the other side. I said, don't listen to him. He was cheering against you the whole time saying, come on, Hunter, <laughs> get him. Bryson sucks, you know. And you started laughing, and then I said something else. And, and you just come over and you said, man, you're funny. I never knew that. Like, what do you mean? Like, you just, like, I was just, like, the boring old guy. You didn't know I had a sense of humor, or what?
1: Well, to be honest with you, you and me never really get to talk past for whatever reason. We don't ever get to really sit one-on-one and just just talk, just, just say what's up, man. So, I, the more I'm getting around you, Johnny, you're funny. <laughs> you hey, he's,
3: he's,
0: he's like uh, an uncle you don't know that's funny in other ways, too.
3: Oh, come on, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean he's 45 years old no wife no kids oh. runs around in a Well, he doesn't drive a dodge anymore he, he does have a chevy silverado
3: hey your dad really liked my truck he was he was pumped out he was like man that's one of the better looking trucks i've seen in a long time it's not not technically mine
0: <laughs> it's gbc's truck but i know once once you get to know johnny he's got a heart of gold we love him we love being around him uh good guy for the sport great talker. Sometimes just I not want to shut the hell up. But, uh, you know, I just gave you like five compliments. Yeah, and, and then
1: you had it. to get a rib shot in there. Like, I, I think in Caleb's words, Johnny, that means I love you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would never say that. He would rather go out in the yard and fight
3: and dodge my balls out than <laughs> say that. Uh, hey, we're going to
0: wrap this up. Thanks for coming on. It was awesome to have you. Well, we we had you on here for a good long while. It was a good good time. Wait,
3: wait. Well, I got one. last Oh, question. Here, here no, 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 no! Make here, it quick. Here. Yep, yep. Bryson, we're going to put you on the spot. If somebody you don't actually no, you have to answer this. We you have to give us a name. If somebody is able to take one from you in in twenty twenty three, on the record here on the inside line, if you get it right, we're gonna. Donate two hundred and fifty bucks. We'll to... take
0: we'll take your putt button. Nice.
3: No, <laughs> no, no, no. He doesn't know about putt button.
0: I know he doesn't. We'll but...
3: donate two hundred and fifty dollars to be down to uh or down. If if you guess it right, if somebody takes you down in twenty twenty three, who's gonna do it first or who's gonna do it? Just throw out a name and we well.
1: There's there's definitely multiple. There's multiple winners, but they're gonna I be no one. On
3: Cole Richardson.
1: I want to go with Cole, Cole. Cole's been there, done it a few times, and uh, yeah, I'm going to roll with Cole. All but right. there's multiple. There's right. multiple. No, no, and we're not,
3: we're not asking you to, I know sounds Mike, like Bryson, Bryson wants
0: to roll some Cole. M-
3: Mikey Wayne's <laughs> told us that you don't want to give give your competition any any fodder to come against you, so we're not asking you to put words out there. That's why we threw the charity in. So, actually, I shouldn't say we. I will personally donate 250 bucks to Rider Down if Cole Richardson is the first one, or if he yeah, only if he's the first one. If somebody else beats you first, I'll match it. it it's going to be five hundred. There you go, five hundred bucks to ride her down. If Cole Richardson beats Bryson Neal, takes a win off him in in, in twenty twenty three, is the first one to do it. If somebody else does it first, doesn't count. But if Cole's the first one to do it, five hundred bucks to ride her down. So no, seriously, Bryson, thanks for coming on. Uh, awesome perspective. Great to catch up with you. And uh, maybe off air, we'll we'll get the uh, the Craig DeLong story that you guys didn't didn't want to share on air. Everybody was tap dancing around. We'll. <laughs> We'll meet up at the race, we'll talk and uh but thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, guys, thanks so much for having me on. Had a blast. And uh good to see you, Craig. Good talk with you. And uh see you guys at the races soon.
0: Yeah, man. See you in two weeks. See Bub. Cool. Good conversation. Absolutely, man. He was great. Yeah, way uh <clears throat> I don't know Bryson a whole well that doesn't sound like Johnny knows really knows Bryson all that well either.
3: I mean, no, I just, uh, we, we never really, uh, yeah, we never really ran in the same circle. Like he's super good dude. Like I've hung out with him a couple of times, but not really recently. And it, it was just funny at the race. He, uh, after the race, we were just kind of busting up and, uh, I, I think we're seeing a Bryson come out of his shell a little bit. Like he, when he says it, you know, we don't really hang out, um, I wasn't taking – No, no, no. I didn't didn't think it was like – No, 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 not in a bad way, but like I do change in subjects before – I can see that. He seems like – Yeah, he's – He's a laser focus in his own little world. But he's on top of the world right now, and I think he's he's becoming more comfortable in his own skin, and I think it's good to see. I think he really seems to be enjoying himself, and it's translating into phenomenal results.
0: Winning's fun, dude. Yeah. Ask Craig.
3: Craig, how how much – scale of 1 to 10, how much fun was winning? It was 10. Man, a few words. It was a 10. Very fun. Ver- 10. It's a fucking 10. 10. <laughs> no, you got 10. Hey, yes. 10. Billy, Billy Bob reference from uh, Varsity Blues for anybody listening. Yeah. Never heard of it. Craig.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Craig. <sighs> These kids. Go eat your Zaxby's.
3: Snickers bar, Craig. We're going to start calling them Mountain Alabama. York, Alabama, my- Wait, Alabama Red Bull. Alabama Red Bull. That's what it was. Never Wait, heard that. Do you guys not drink Mountain Dew? I haven't had one. I used to after every race. Yes. I, I can't do.
0: say I don't. But
3: not very often. Yeah. Johnny, I, Johnny drinks two Red Bulls a week, so it's fine. That's not true. What do you got there? This is my third one this week. <laughs> <laughs> but normally I don't uh, I, I went I went, I believe it was nine years without having a Red Bull. And then I don't know, man. I you get old, you get tired trying to keep up with you guys. I I need all the cheater juice I can get.
2: You need a rock star.
3: That's your sponsor, and I'm not going to say anything other than they're not for me. I prefer Red Bull. Either. I've never
0: had a Rockstar.
3: I have. I've, I've had, had a
0: Monster, and it tastes like dog piss. <laughs> Actually, it's probably... I would probably rather drink dog piss than, oh. than drink a Monster. I mean, they're bad.
3: Oh,
1: jeez. <laughs> I
3: mean, why, why are you guys laughing so hard? Oh, the Monster Mile at GNCC is... I'm just envisioning dog piss running everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this
0: uh, that comment may not age well, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, let's be honest, it's not I, I,
3: many, many years ago. I used to really like, I don't remember, I don't specifically remember what flavor it was. It was like a monster Java, which I assume was like a coffee flavored. I used to get one on the way, um, to go ride almost like three days a week, uh, and I liked them, they were great. I have not had a monster in well over 10 years. I've not had a, a rock star in probably over 10 years. And I had gone again, I think it was like nine years until last year without having a Red Bull. Uh, and then Tara Geiger actually was the one she's like, you know, Red Bulls aren't that bad for you. And she was like, explaining it to me when we were in, uh, I don't remember what country we were in for six days. And for some reason I came home, was tired. And, uh, in 2021, uh, came home, was tired and had a Red Bull, and now I really like Red Bull, and I drink Red Bull every so often. I'm not all the time Red Bull, but I drink an occasional Red Bull, and I just had a Red Bull right before we started doing the podcast. I luckily I rode for
0: KTM, and they're sponsored by Red Bull because it's the only one that I can legitimately say that I like. I can't drink OG Red Bull. I will not see. That's I. I, I I'll drink the sugar-free. I like some of the. You know, you're drinking what. What's this, that this is the new the Amber edition.
3: This is the I that one.
0: strawberry apricot. I'm, and I'm, it's quite I'm not like a Red Bull addict or whatever. I think I've had the summer editions okay. Some of the flavors I'm not too keen on, but like if straight up energy drink, like Red Bull is the only thing that even like has a re- taste remotely that's drinkable to me.
3: You you know Craig is different to the Rockstar Hus Varna team because on Monday was it Monday? Yeah, we were coming back from we coming back from dinner, no, it was breakfast.
2: Mm, home Depot,
3: yeah, we were coming from breakfast and Home Depot. You were with us, we went into the gas station. I went to pick up a Red Bull, and I was like, Oh, he's, he's like, oh, I don't really like Red Bull. And I said, No, you need to try these flavors. And he looks and he started to reach for it, and he goes, 269 no. And I go, What he goes, ah, he goes, I'm not gonna waste two dollars and 69 cents. you just won a GNCC for those of you at home. That's a couple dollars that he made between bonuses and purse money. Um, made more in that three hours than a lot of people will in several months. And he couldn't swing the 269 to try Red Bull. I even offered to buy and he's like, No, because then I'll just be wasting your two dollars and sixty-nine cents because if I don't like it, I won't drink the whole thing. So that's he's he's a he's a company man, rock star only for him. It's all right, I like it. frugal. I appreciate it. Hey, race money dries up quick. It does. Yeah. It does.
1: <clears throat> it's
3: all right. Hey, we had a hell of a show tonight. We did great. Guests, great chatter. We found out that Caleb fights dirty.
0: I didn't say I fight dirty. You kind of did. I, I mean, I'm not going to fight.
3: Would you kick? Would you kick me in the nuts if we were fighting?
0: Um, I, I can't say I wouldn't. It would just <laughs> depend on the scenario.
3: I can see
2: it. I can
0: see it. But I'm, I'm not. You're not going to knock me down. Then like. Be like, all right, it's over. I'm going to pick you back up. That that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get back up and try to knock – You can knock me so down. I try – You're going to knock me out. If, if I, I did have,
3: hypothetically knock I'm you gonna down have to in a be fight, snoozing. I can't even be a good dude and, like, help you back up and say, like, hey, let's put this behind us. You you still want to finish the fight until you – When are you done? When, when say,
0: somebody's knocked out or dead.
3: So <laughs> I mean, vice, verse, exactly. vice versa for Johnny. You wouldn't be
2: done until Johnny's knocked out.
0: No, I I mean – if he wanted to give up, that's on him, but I'm not giving up until I'm knocked out, until I'm sleeping. I believe him.
3: I mean, I know his mentality.
0: I, I'm, I'm not going to like beat a guy while he's down, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But like, you're not going to knock me down and think I'm not going to want to get back up and keep going.
3: Hey, we got to test this out like we do the top 30 thing. Caleb and I got to put on the like boxing gloves and go out into the yard.
0: Yeah, I don't want to do that, Johnny.
3: He, he, he's scared he's going to hurt me.
0: No, I'm not scared. I'm going to hurt you. I'm, I'm just, it, it's
3: just not a good idea. It's probably not. It's not a good, not idea. A good idea. It, it probably doesn't age well or end well for a no. friendship. No. Somebody, somebody's butt hurt either one way or the other, somebody comes away butt hurt. So let's just, let's just keep jaw jabbing at each other. It, it's easy. We, we
0: can, we can talk about it, yeah. but it, it, this is one thing that's likely never to happen.
3: Yeah. Probably a good idea.
0: Probably never to happen. Yeah. There's nobody in this building that I would, if if I had like a a boxing ring set up and boxing gloves, I wouldn't fight any of these guys because it would end the same way. It's like you're gonna have to knock me out, or I'm gonna knock the shit out of you. It doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't matter. I don't care who you are, where you're from, <laughs> what's going on. Like,
2: I'm gonna kick your ass.
0: I'm gonna kick your ass, or you're gonna have to knock me the hell out. Like, you <laughs> knock me out, I go I go night night. You win.
3: What, what about when you wake back up? You're you're fine with it? Like, you'll, yeah, you you concede that you lost then? Yeah. Okay. So you have to go night-night. I'm not saying I have to go night-night, but I'm not just... I mean,
0: I, I guess if we had it, like, set up in rounds and there was judges and stuff, and, like, if you were ended up landing more punches than me... I don't even know how boxing is scored. I don't really know either, but I'm just saying, like, in my eyes, it's not over until somebody's sleeping. So... <laughs> All right. Fair enough.
3: We'll just call it. It's good.
0: Yeah. That's how it ends.
3: You know how this show ends right now, right now. Thanks for listening folks. And, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode, but, uh, thanks for listening to episode nine of the inside line.
1: The inside line is made possible by Kerry resources, a real estate and property development company. That's WFO. Because we all have to work hard to play hard. Check out their available assets and website at carryresources.com. Also by Scott Goggles, Defend your vision. Thanks for listening to the Inside Live.